1: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit Voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You can be the best, you can be the on your chest. You beat the world, you beat the war. Talk the guy goes banging on his door. You can throw your hands up, you can beat the clock. Yeah. You can move a mountain, you can break rocks. You can be a master, don't wait for luck. Dedicate yourself and you go find yourself. Sitting in the hall of fame. Yeah. And the
0: All right, welcome again to the Voice of Wrestling Podcast. I'm Rich Grace alongside, as always, Joe Lanza. We're joined by a special guest who we're introduced here in a moment. But uh, what this is is the first of many, many, many Hall of Fame podcasts, Hall of Fame articles, and basically just wrestling observer Hall of Fame coverage that we're going to do here at Voices of VoicesOfWrestling.com. It's our goal this year. Um, Joe and I had mentioned this going out you know, six months ago that we wanted to be the home of of Wrestling Observer (laughs) Hall of Fame coverage this year. And I think we're going to be able to do that, Joe. I really do. We have some nice stuff lined up. We have some articles already on the way, already done, lining up people. Of course, if you'd like to be a guest, if you'd like to come on to the podcast, if you'd like to write something, we're more than happy to welcome you on there. If you have a thought about the Hall of Fame, we'd like to hear it. But Joe, uh, any thoughts before we get into this and introduce our special guest?
1: No, I think we have a lot of good stuff in the can already uh, from a lot of good contributors. And I'm looking forward to... uh to uh, doing all these podcasts as well.
0: Absolutely. All right. So let's introduce our special guest. You might know him as the United States editor for What Culture, the lead writer for Figure Four Weekly, as well as a monthly contributor to Fighting Spirit Magazine. It's David Bixenspan. Bix, how's
2: it going? It is going well, and I can tell that you were reading that straight off my Twitter profile. I was. Yes. 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 Yes.
1: <laughs> did did we miss, did he miss any of your various plugs? Since you have your hands in about nineteen different venues. That's what I was going to say.
2: I mean, too many. Not right now, I don't think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hopefully not, because she didn't know. So, okay. So, anyway, Bix, welcome, welcome, welcome. And it's of course what we're gonna do with this one. Uh, Joe, do you want to intro this a little bit? We're gonna essentially just kind of run down the Hall of Fame. We're not gonna go in depth about any particular candidates right now, but sort of give you an intro of what's going on here for the people that might not know. We don't want to assume everybody knows what the hell's going on here, because. Yeah, we actually don't know what the hell is going on because we just spent 20 minutes trying to figure it out. (laughs) What we're going to do today is basically just
1: uh, give an overview of the ballot, an overview of how the voting works, an overview of how the ballot works. And then from there, we're going to talk about some of the changes that were made because there was a pretty significant rules change that we want to get into. And actually, uh, Bix found a potential loophole. Uh, with, with that rule change that he's going to want to talk about, I'm sure. And then we're just going to uh, talk about some of the, the new people that were added to the ballot. Not so much in depth, but basically just to tell you who's new and uh, maybe some people who moved around the ballot as well. So we're, we're, we're basically just giving an overview of what the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame is today. And then in some of the future podcasts, uh, we're going to have some guests come on. And hopefully what we're aiming to do is do one show for each region. I believe that there's – what is there, six regions? That's correct, right? There's six total
0: producer, All the producers producer looked that yes, up. Yes, six, yeah, sure. <laughs> six total
1: regions plus the uh, non-wrestler category. So, uh, And what each voter is allowed to do is vote for up to 10 candidates uh, from from each of the six regions. And then they can make, if they'd also like to, they can vote for up to five of the non-wrestler candidates. So you could have a maximum of 15 people on your ballot. The other wrinkle is you're not forced into voting for each region. You're only – Expected or asked to vote in the regions that you're comfortable in. To give you an example, uh, myself, I only vote in the United States, uh, Canada region and the Japanese region. I don't vote Mexico. I don't vote Europe. I don't vote any of those other regions because I don't feel like I'm qualified enough uh, to know the ins and outs of all the candidates on the ballot. So I don't think it's fair to vote in those regions. So I just stick to United States, Canada, and Japan regions. So each voter has the option to do that. They have the option to check which regions that they feel comfortable voting in and then pick up to 10 candidates from each one of those regions in addition to the up to five non-wrestler candidates from the non-wrestler pool uh, if they so choose as well. You can vote for nobody if you want. You can vote for up to 10 if you want. You can vote for as many as you want. There's no uh, minimums or maximums except for the maximum of 10. The six regions Are United States, Canada, Japan, Mexico, Europe, uh, and then there's this this weird miscellaneous region which confuses everybody, which is Australia, the Pacific Islands, the Caribbean, uh, which is mainly Puerto Rico, and then uh, new to this year is, is they've added Africa. And, uh, and, of course, the, uh, the sixth region is the historical performers, which we'll talk about and explain the differences there and, and the potential loophole that Bix found uh, when it comes to that category. So basically Dave sends these out uh, usually around the first week of September. He sends them to active wrestlers. He sends them to retired wrestlers writers, reporters, uh, management figures such as uh, promoters and bookers, historians to get a different wide range of opinions and sort of uh, checks and balances so, you know, politics don't get in the way, cause, you know, wrestlers are the types that can hold grudges over one another and things <laughs> of that nature. So, you know, if you have writers and historians balancing that out and so on and so forth and, and each category of voter, you know, is also going to favor different things. I mean, obviously wrestlers are going to uh, probably more heavily favor, you know, who they enjoyed working with or who they thought was a great worker, whereas a writer or historian uh, you know, may lean towards guys who were great draws. So you know, there really is a lot of diversity in, in the voting as well. Um, so I think that's basically it. That's essentially how it works in a nutshell in the most uh, concise way that I can imaginably uh, uh, describe all that. <laughs> but uh, what we're going to do is talk about some of the changes. And I think um, the one major change that Dave has adopted is we're going to start dropping people from the ballot. Uh, after they've been on the ballot for 15 years, which is modeled on Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame, even though baseball has changed that to 10 years, I think either last year or the year before. But it used to be 15 years, and that's what Dave is going with here. If you've been on the ballot for 15 years, and it's your 15th year, and you don't receive at least 50% of the vote, which is a pretty high figure because 60% gets you in. 60% gets you elected. So if you're on the ballot for your 15th year, and you have not received 50% of the vote, You're dropped from the following year's ballot. And there are, I believe, 15 total candidates who are in danger of dropping off the ballot this year if they don't reach 50%, a few of which are very close to induction as well. So, you know, you've got people like Rock and Roll Express, uh, you know, and some others. uh, Dick Murdoch comes to mind of people who could easily be elected or fall off the ballot, which I think is an interesting uh, situation there. Now, Bix. Uh, speaking to that new sort of wrinkle in the voting, you sort of discovered what could be a loophole. Have you heard back from Dave yet and described to people what you what you found out?
2: Well, not exactly a loophole. I don't even know what you would call it. And no, I didn't hear it back from Dave yet. Uh, the thing is that part of the new rule is that someone can be brought back in two years if they fall off as a result of this. They can be brought back in two years if they age into, for lack of a better term, the historical performers category. Now, the thing is, at least up to this point, even though it's only called historical, it's only been used for wrestlers whose careers were, you know, peaked in the U.S. and Canada. Like, you know, there are guys, like, I think the obvious ones would be the Sharp Brothers, who are Japan candidates, even though timeline-wise, they should be considered historical performers. So, Right now, at least, it seems like someone like Dick Murdoch, if he fell off because he got less than 50 percent this year, he could come back in a few years, whereas someone like Ciancaris, who would have probably a lot more time before he would have to come back, though, could not unless there was some other rule change. And I haven't heard back on that yet. And also, one clarification that someone mentioned to me that he emailed Dave about is that It's 15 years from the first time you were on the ballot. So if someone fell off and got less than 10 percent and then came back, the first ballot is the one that is counted as the start of the 15 years.
1: Hmm. So in other words, the clock doesn't restart if you come back
0: on.
2: Right. And I'm trying to remember if Junkyard Dog, who was added this year, I believe he was on before, but I don't remember when
0: he was yeah here let me let me fire that up for you real quick i know um i believe dave mentioned that last year let me ah shoot i can't find the exact year yeah let me me try to find that year for you if i can
1: sure i don't think it's just junkyard dog wasn't ultimate warrior on the ballot at some point
2: that I don't know. I mean, I would almost think positive. He was. I think he, I
1: think he dropped off after one year, as a matter of fact. So mm-hmm.
0: I believe so too. Yeah. Let me let me try to fire those both up while you guys are kind of talking. Sure. I'll so, do, so I'll take over for the producer and do that instead. So so,
1: so, the, so <laughs> the point is, the clock's not going to restart on these guys according to the information that this person got from Dave. That's what you're saying, correct?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. Um, now you, you make a good point here because just to clarify for people. When people move – people, uh, the candidates move from the United States-Canada region into the historical region. Uh, let's see. This year's cutoff I believe is 1984. Right. So it's, it's 30 years.
2: 30 years from when they, their career stopped making a case for the Hall of Fame. Something like that because obviously it, it, someone like Pedro Morales still wrestled for a few more years. So like Dick Murdoch, to use as an example, I would think – he would only have a couple, few more years. I would think 89 would be the latest they can consider it, so probably wouldn't be till 2019 if he fell off.
1: Here, here's the wording. The breakdown for modern and historical f- performers is 30 years ago or 1984. So if the last year the person was either a headliner or a key figure in the industry was prior to 1984, they would be in the historical class. So I'm glad you brought up Pedro Morales because he was moved from the United States-Canada bracket into the historical bracket this year because I guess in Dave's view, the last time that he was either a headliner or a key figure in the industry was 1983.
2: Right. And that also means, I guess, that he can never come back if he doesn't go in this year because he is on the list of guys who could be dropped.
1: Correct. And he would have, have exhausted his 15 years. Yes. Uh, and the, and the Cly, yeah. So it, 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 it's there's a lot that's unclear about this new rule. And, and in addition, another thing that you brought up, uh, uh, Bix, was that we don't know if Dave is going to be moving people from other regions into this historical region. Cause you know, you, you, brought up the Sharp brothers. They're a perfect example. Clearly they peaked well before 1984. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, there's no debate there. They may have been dead before 1984 <laughs> as a matter of fact. So, uh, you know, that's another question we've got to get Dave to answer because, uh, you know, when it comes to Japan and Mexico and these other regions and, and especially Europe as well, you know, you can, you know, I think that almost that entire region peaked before 1984 with the exception of a, a couple of candidates.
2: Yeah, for Australia, uh, let's think about this for a second. Australia, who would there even be where you could would consider? I mean, I guess Lewin was maybe still wrestling around the kicking around there for a while, but that's about it.
1: Uh, Carlos Colon might be the only one who you can make. Oh
2: yeah, because I was a, that that kind of, well yeah, I was thinking in terms of people who were actually who were stars. Oh, in Australia. literally
1: from Australia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you, you look at Europe too. I mean, there's you know, it's. There's a couple where, like Otto Wands, where he, he'd probably be beyond 1984, but the rest of these guys are essentially pre-1984 as well. So how long are we going to keep these guys on you know the quote-unquote modern ballot, and are they ever going to move to the historical ballot period? And that, and that presents problems, like you said, because it presents unfair advantages and disadvantages to certain candidates.
2: Right. And also for guys who are added with the new regions, there's just the fact that of if these, if these regions had been considered more when they started the Hall of Fame, they probably wouldn't have had to be voted in. At least some of them. I mean, Europe's, Europe's a tricky one because of the way the promotion was structured in the first place. Well, at least England. I should say England's tricky because of the way the promotion was structured in the first place. But it, it seems almost like there are guys eventually who should have gone in in the first class that could somehow fall off from this or from other rules. Like... You know, for me, the, the guy who I am most worried about falling off this year is cars, and we should probably read the whole list.
1: Okay, let me run down the list, and then you can expand on your uh, cars thoughts. We've got mm-hmm. Gene and Ole Anderson, uh, cars Carlos Cologne, Grand Hamada, Vulcan, Owen Hart, Gorilla Monsoon, Fabulous Moolah, Pedro Morales, Dick Murdoch, Rock and Roll Express, uh, Seiji Sakaguchi, Jimmy Snuka, Wilbur Snyder, and Jesse Ventura. Now, again— those 15, I believe, candidates there, they are in danger. If they don't receive at least 50% of the vote this year, as opposed to the usual 10% cutoff for everybody else on the ballot, they will, they're will they going to be gone. They're going to be off the ballot. So 50%, which is a very high figure.
2: Yes. Also, it's worth pointing out Ventura is a non-wrestler candidate. hes in, He's on the ballot for his announcing, so... Does he? When does he age into being a historical figure? When he left WCW? In t- so basically 10 years from now?
1: That's an excellent point. That's another thing that's never really been made clear for any of the uh, uh, non-wrestlers. I mean, you know, Bill Lapter, you could argue he's still, you know, relevant today. I mean, you can make that argument. So it's 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 very difficult. I don't know. It's a very good question.
2: Right. Also worth pointing out for the non-wrestlers that that... They are still regionalized. They, they go against the region total. They not, it's not a non-wrestler bucket in terms of who got how many votes out of the non-wrestlers. Like, when we, when we had our whole little tiff last year about me doing my no vote for Japan, I had forgotten that I voted for Takeshi Matsunaga. So I was already considered a Japan voter.
1: Right. That's, an, that's another excellent point and something that we learned last year, thanks to that tiff, because, uh, <laughs> like you said, if if if, if you,
0: I almost right, forgot about that. Yeah, hey, right. hi. Yeah, there you go. Everyone's good now. All hogs now. I completely forgot about that until fixed matches. I was like, oh, right. Yeah.
1: You know that, that's an excellent point, though, because because uh, <laughs> that was a we didn't realize at the time that the non wrestler thing just because you're voting for them separately, they're not independent of the regions where they made their names. So if you're someone from Mexico who's voting on strictly the Mexico region, but then you decide, you know what? You know, I really think that, you know, Jimmy Hart or whoever belongs, even though I'm not voting in the U.S. category. Well, guess what? By voting for Jimmy Hart as a non-wrestler, you are now voting for the U.S.-Canada region. So that is another interesting point. And you bring up a very interesting point with Ventura because now there's sort of some sort of precedent there for moving people into that uh, – uh, you know, in danger of being chopped list uh, from all of us. But then again, I guess Volkan and Gran Hamada are there too. So I guess that wasn't an issue to begin with. And Cian Carr is the one you wanted to talk about. So why don't you go ahead and expand on that?
2: Yeah, he is the one who I think is probably the best candidate in the most danger of dropping off. Because I think when you look at it, I think based on what they've done in the past, and especially last year, I'd be shocked if Dick Murdoch and Rock and Roll Express don't go in this year. I really would be absolutely stunned. I. I would have to—I have the Observer open here. I don't think I scrolled down to the right part yet, but both came very close. I think the Rock and Roll Express came in within a handful of votes. You add this, I don't see a way in which they go in, and, okay, here it is. It was last year. The top finishers that didn't get in were Carlos Colon, 59 percent, Rock and Roll Express, 55 percent, The Assassins, 53 percent, The Andersons, 52 percent, Carlos Lagarde, with 52 percent, Killer Carl Cox with 50 percent, and then that's the end of the ones with 50 or more.
1: Yeah, what happened with Dick Murdoch, I think – and I think Dave didn't flat out say this, but he did hint at it.
2: Oh, yeah, and Murdoch was 46, and since I mentioned him, Sien was 45 percent.
1: Right, and what, and what Dave had hinted at but didn't come out and directly say was that a lot of Murdoch voters have either passed away or have reached a point in their lives where they're no longer voting because they're either just too old to care or have – you know mental senile issues at this point so that's gonna hurt him uh, and it clearly hurt him last year because his totals dropped but like you mentioned i think people are in so much fear that some of these candidates are going to drop off entirely that's going to add some votes uh for some of these guys and bump up their percentages like you i would be completely shocked if rock and roll express doesn't get in this year because they only miss by like you said a handful of votes and I think they're going to get a little bit of a bump be- just, you know, for nothing else, just people making sure that they don't get knocked off the ballot. Murdoch still has a bit of a climb to go because of the drop he saw last year. Right.
0: Carlos. He Colon- was also Murdoch. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Murdoch was also second among former wrestlers last year. So, Which,
2: by the way, he does not give a listed out total to two. He just only gives sure, yeah. highlights of that. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, Carlos Colonna, again, is another one. I'd be shocked if he didn't go in. He
1: missed by. That's because, because Joe didn't
0: vote for him he, last he year. By, Joe, he, Joe killed him last year.
2: So. I, I,
1: Bix, I don't know if you know this story, but <laughs> I, 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 it was eleven fifty eight at the deadline, and I'm staring <laughs> at my email, ready to hit send, and Cologne was on it, and then I had like this crisis of uh, I just I just didn't feel like. It was right to vote for Cologne because I didn't know enough about the rest of the candidates in that weird miscellaneous category, and I wasn't comfortable giving no votes to all the other guys even though I wanted to vote yes for Cologne. So I changed my mind at the last minute, deleted them (laughs) off my email, and sent it off to Dave. And then uh, you know Mookie ran the numbers, and he would have gotten in with that vote. (laughs) <laughs> so you you can directly blame me for him not uh, getting in. But see, here's the thing this year. I'm almost positive that I'm responsible for this King Kong Zaza getting on the ballot because I had mentioned it uh, in a thread for, uh, suggestions for people to add to the ballot. And I, I, you know, unless people were banging down Dave's fax machine suggesting King Kong Zaza, I don't think anybody else was suggesting him. So I kind of have an excuse to vote that category now because I kind of feel obligated to vote for, uh, you know, my buddy King Kong. And, uh, that'll give me an excuse to vote for Cologne this year. So if, if everybody else who voted for Carlos Cologne last year votes for him again, he's getting in because then he's going to get that one vote that he needs. But, uh, you know, we'll see.
2: Also, I feel like he's kind of an outlier in that he is the only guy from the Caribbean that's on the ballot. Even it's, though it's, he's in the, cat, it's a catch-all thing, but if you want to vote for him, vote for him. Like, it's one thing, like, where I was like, who was it that I wanted to vote for in historical? There was someone I wanted to vote for that I didn't because, or at least consider not doing it because I didn't want to give a no vote to guys who I thought could have a shot like uh, the Von Brauners and Saul Weingroff. Sure. And, but with this, it's like, it's just such a weird hodgepodge. I think you have to just kind of ignore it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he was in U.S. Canada, where I think he belongs anyway, mm-hmm. I'd vote for him with no. He'd be, you know, the second person on my list, right behind the Rock and Roll Express. He's a absolute no brainer. Uh, I just, you know, I struggle with that category, and I did spend some time this year researching some of the other people who I. Wasn't you know who I was shaky on, but then they went and added a bunch. Of, you know now I gotta go study Jan Wilkins. I gotta study John De Silva, who I know nothing about. I couldn't tell you the first John De Silva could be my neighbor for all I know. I have no idea. I don't know the first thing about John De Silva. So here we go again. But it's like you're saying, you know, this year I'm leaning towards just ignoring that and uh, and voting for him because you know he just he belongs.
0: And, and I see Dix's point as well, because if you look at it, I'm trying to look through right now, who, who was the closest one other than Cologne in that category? Was I don't think anybody was anywhere even remotely Let's close. See. Yeah, I'm looking down. Clark, I'm scrolling uh, and scrolling. Taylor
2: Carl Cox at, with 50%. And then Mark okay. Lewin, the 48%. Yeah,
0: so, I mean, you do get into that sort of issue. But I, I, I definitely see your point, Bix, where there's there's a guy who's clearly far and away, you know, sort of on that cusp. So I think a lot of people, and I think this year will be an interesting one because he was so close last year. I think this will be the year where a lot of people just make that and say, you know, sorry, you know, Mark Lewin. You know, you might get a non-vote, but Cologne, I think one way or another, will probably get in this year. I, I have no doubt, actually, that he would. But we'll see how it goes. Um, I had a quick question for you, Bix. Um in terms of – because a lot of people had – talking about this this 15-year rule and the 50% rule, is this going to alter your voting dramatically? Because we've heard from some people that said, no, I'm just going to vote the top 10, not care about that. I think Joe was one of those who said, you know, no, I'm not – I, I don't care. Then there's others that say, well, I can't possibly do that because I don't want these guys to drop off. How are you going to sort of approach this?
2: I think I am going to do it strategically to a degree, but it's not like I'm not going to vote for – it's not like I'm going to vote for people who I don't think deserve it. Um, sure. You know, it's, there, there are – I think there are more than 10 that would deserve it, and these are my 10 best. Like, I was looking at, on Wrestling Classics, Houston Mitchell, who uh, writes for the LA Times, and Dave uses him as his Sports Hall of Fame expert of some sort. Seemed to He seemed to think that people only think that the people on their ballot are worthy. Like, I actually have it open, let me see...
1: And Austin. while you're looking that up, that's also where Dave got this idea for dropping people
2: after Yes, Yes, that was from Houston Mitchell, suggested to him. So if, if, yep. if you don't like the rule, and I'm not crazy about it, blame Houston Mitchell. Uh, okay, so ooh, Steve, God, I always forget if it's Yo or Yo-y, um, was posting a bunch of things in his own inimitable style. Um, how he didn't like the new rule. Houston Mitchell posts, Steve, I respectfully disagree. There may be a lot of people who think Dick Murdoch should be in, but apparently not 60% of the people voting or he would be in. If in 15 years, 60% of voters can't agree he is a Hall of Famer, again, I say that shows he isn't one. It doesn't weaken the ballot. It's not the fault of the ballot that people were therefore pick the best candidates to vote for. That's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to vote for who you think of are Hall, Hall of Famers not who you think the best guys on the ballot are having dick murdoch or any of the others off the ballot should have no effect on your voting you should vote for who you think are hall of famers mm-hmm. no hof balloting system is ever going to be perfect because it will always be impossible for people to agree on who or who is or is a hall of famer I keep saying the same thing over and over and who should or shouldn't be on the ballot but i think rule <laughs> is a good one well it was your idea and does nothing to finish <laughs> the hall of fame or the voting process Yep yeah. i'm I'm right. That's what it sounds like he's saying, right? It sounds like he is saying, well, if you didn't put him on your ballot, you don't think he deserves to go in. That's not yeah, and what that's
0: a that's yeah that's that's an argument that a lot of baseball people get into as well and joe and i kind of follow that as well is where you get into this weird thing of saying okay look you know where where you get this these people dropping off and 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 guys getting you know a little bit bump per year and then when they get closer to falling off they get this even more enormous bump and like burt blylevin gets in you know in his final year because people are scared that if he falls off or whatever and there's another party that has that argument of look if he wasn't on your ballot initially he's not a hall of Famer or whatever and it gets it gets very dicey in terms of how baseball people sort of argue with that as well but it's it's interesting to see that now carry over into the rest side as well, because there, there are people that, that will sort of wait for guys, and then as they get closer, do a little bit more research, and then they'll get in at the last bit, and then some people argue that that's not fair, and that, you know, it, it, it's sort of what you were reading there, where, you know, hey, if for 14 years he wasn't a Hall of Famer, you know, what makes him a Hall of Famer now? You know, he didn't do anything, you know, since then, so it's, it's a very interesting dichotomy that, that kind of goes on well, there.
1: Well, here would be my take on that. Uh, his, his, his argument sort of had, only has relevance, first of all, if you vote for less than 10 candidates. Mm -hmm. If you're you're voting for the full 10, there could be other people you think are Hall of Famers. You just can't Mm -hmm. fit them on your ballot. Now, even if you're voting for less than 10, which I did last year, that doesn't mean that I don't think any of the people I didn't vote for are Hall of Famers because – Maybe I'll learn more about them this year. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll learn more about them over the next three years. I'm constantly studying guys and doing research on guys who I don't feel confident enough in, in voting for at this time, but I may decide to vote for him three years from now. You know, I, I didn't vote for Dick Murdoch last year, and I don't know if I'm gonna vote for him this year, but you know, maybe if somebody writes up a compelling piece or I go doing my own independent research and I see something that I didn't know before that pushes him over the top, I didn't think he was a Hall of Famer last year, but I do think he is this year. They, people reserve the right to change their mind.
2: Right. And on that note, a lot of overlooked guys are being added. Case in point, uh, missionarios de la Muerte, who, for those who don't know, are because they're listed as the individuals on the ballot, were El Signo, El Tejano, and Negro Navarro. If someone is voting for Mexico and doesn't vote for them, that person has no business voting on Mexico. They are a slam dunk. They should have been in from the beginning. I don't blame Dave for not knowing enough or whatever to not put them in at first. But that's, that's, they are a slam dunk candidate. If someone's voting for multiple regions, Mexico is ridiculously strong. You look at that ballot, for pretty much everyone other than Vampiro, there's a pretty damn good case that you could vote for them if someone's voting for Mexico. Pretty much every single person who's there right now. It is ridiculously stacked. It is by far the most stacked of the regions. You could vote for Mexico nothing else fill your ballot and have worthy candidates left over sure so, and that's that's where it gets very interesting was, yeah but, is that the but, fact that you don't get the unlimited yeah, yeah. That, and that's Go what ahead. makes Sorry. his argument kind of full of shit right because, because there's a
1: well there's a there's 11 non-vampiro mexican candidates all with very strong cases so right there his argument goes out the window because you can vote for 10 of those guys And you're going to have to make a tough Sophie's Choice type decision at the end there to Mm -hmm. cut somebody off. That doesn't mean you don't think they're all fair. It means you couldn't fit them on your ballot. So, you know, that's kind of where his argument goes out the window as far as that goes. Now, let me ask you, Bix. Do you vote on Mexico? Yes. Do you have any insight as to why some of these guys are just not getting in? Why is it so cluttered and why are they not getting in? And what are these Mexico voters doing?
2: I think. For some people, it's going to be like me where they're mo- voting on multiple regions and they have to make hard cuts. If someone's just voting on Mexico, why? then I don't know. I really – unless it's people who are making weird votes that aren't that informed and it's someone who's picking just one person that they're familiar with through American stuff that they like for some reason. Like someone on Twitter said maybe uh, original LaParca slash L.A. Parca/L.A. Park, that maybe someone would vote for him that's not – familiar with lucha and then he's counted as a lucha voter but i it's weird because a lot of people expected it to not be a problem for guys to get in anymore once conan went in because the the theory everyone had was that a lot of people voted for conan that didn't vote for any other mexican candidates and it hasn't changed that much um It was also the Conan discussion that led to trying to get Dave to explain the rules better, which I don't think worked, but I think it's working better than it did before. Um, I don't know. Do you remember that whole little tiff or controversy when Conan went in? I do vaguely. Yeah. And you're right
1: about that. That was the theory. The theory was there were people who weren't familiar with, like you said, like like what could be happening now if people are just throwing votes at L.A. Park because they remember them playing the guitar in WCW. And uh, and don't put it past that some people are doing that. <laughs> that is entirely possible based on some of the stories I've heard of why people vote and don't vote for certain people. And then it drags down the percentage of everybody else. But like you said, that that Conan theory went out the window, and it's it's funny because – it's nearly impossible to get in from Mexico. And then you have regions like Japan where people would argue it's too easy. You know, people have major problems with Steve Dr. Death Williams getting in through Japan. Last year, obviously, Tanahashi was a very divisive candidate. Not so much that he didn't belong, but that he didn't belong necessarily, maybe yet people wanted people to be more patient with somebody like Tanahashi. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's been other, you know, it seems like, and then you look at the Japan ballot and what's remaining, and there's not nearly as many strong candidates in the, in the Japan region as there is in the, in the Mexico region. So it's funny. It's the Japanese voters are almost too quick to put you in and the Mexico voters don't want to put anybody in.
2: Right. And I know there are people who are, I guess, you know, American lucha fans and historians that, and I think the same has gone with kind of with the with – with some of the known uh, European historians wondering exactly who's voting because, you know, I know some people – like, you know, Dave will always say to people like – and I'll, I'll mention it by name because this is kind of the type of arguments we're talking about. Rob Bihari, who will say – who will speculate about the p- type of people Dave's talking to and all that and – and okay, so that means, you know, I'm going to throw out a name Conan as a ballot or whatever and (laughs) but it's like i it's i remember years ago it it would seem weird that okay if there's 71 people i think it was something like that last year voting on mexico then okay how are these people not settled it's it's weird and then japan i would say just from who goes in japan seems like the one that of the internationals that has the highest proportion of people voting from that country
1: i would agree with that yes
2: because it, the, a lot of the guys who go in and the ones that we feel may be going in too easily or whatever are people who are going in by criteria of people in Japan, who are fans in Japan or in the business in Japan or in the media in Japan, that people in the West don't really understand. It's like, okay Steve Williams, great wrestler absolutely made his name in Japan more than anywhere else, but yeah, really? And then Masa Saito like, well, okay and then with Saido, it's like, well, how much are they factoring in that he was a shooter? How much are they factoring in that he had success in the U.S.? How much is, you know, how much is, it, it, so much is the stuff like that. And it, it, they're very off the map when it comes to that. And I don't think any of the other regions are like that. I think, for the most part, what the American Lucha fans and historians are voting on are going to be similar to what the— ones in Mexico are voting on Europe, maybe a little different, but not as much. And it, it, that for example, like I I said last year, I may, and I think I, at this point, since I don't think I'm necessarily voting for anyone there because of the way the rules changing the balance stuff, I think I'm probably just going to straight up abstain from Japan. And that's one of the reasons why.
1: Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, you know, now for me personally, yeah, you're going to, you're going to mix, you're going to be somewhat strategic in your voting, as you've pointed out. Now, for me, like like Rich said, um, you know, this is hard enough for me. I mean, I agonize over a lot of these candidates. I'm going with my, you know, my best ten, even even if if I even have ten. And there's more of a chance I'll have ten this year than last year, just because I've done more research and I like some of the people that were added. But I'm just going with my best ten. Uh, or my best up to 10, and I'm letting the chips fall where they may. I, 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 I'm I not going to try to be strategic about it, so I'm kind of taking a slightly different tact. One other thing I wanted to point out with the new uh, being dropped if you don't get 50% of the vote, um, while that is modeled after baseball, Dave is being slightly more lenient than they are in baseball. Yes. And I think this is an important point because – He's allowing people to stay if they get up to 50% of the vote. In baseball, once you've been on for your 15, and like I said, now it's 10, uh, once you've been on for your 10 years in baseball, if you miss by one vote, there's no leniency. You're gone. You're out of here. So Dave is sort of letting guys linger who you know, hypothetically would have a chance because 50 really is a high-water mark.
2: Yeah, and you know, as far as letting it affect my ballot, I mean I look at mine in terms of guys who could fall off this year i mean i voted for a few of them and i think i will still vote i think the only one who i will add that i did not vote for last year will be dick murdoch because i voted for rock and roll express i voted for cn Carras, i voted for carlos cologne i don't really see that changing this just reinforces it and because like there are guys who like i've considered i considered voting for Volkan, but in the end with all the strong lucha candidates and guys who I felt were more deserving, I couldn't do it. I'm not, you know, that's not someone who I'm going to throw on my ballot because like, oh my God, Volkan Volkan is someone who absolutely has to go on the Hall of Fame. He's a weird candidate, an incredible wrestler, but it's not like he needs to be in there.
1: Right, right, right. And I think it's what's interesting is because it's the first year for this new rule, none of us really know how it's going to affect things. I mean, we're speculating that it'll give people that are close that extra bump, but We really don't know. I mean, this could give enormous bumps to people who weren't even close previously. I mean, you know, I, just throwing a name out there, somebody like Jimmy Snuka, for all we know, could all of a sudden get this enormous bump just because people, you know, want to keep him on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we 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 really don't know. It's all speculation at this point. We'll have a much better idea after results come in, moving forward for future years how this new rule is going to affect things. But I, I really think it's interesting that there's several candidates: the Andersons, Carlos Colon, um, Rock and Roll Express, Dick Murray. Burdock and a couple of others who really a seeing cars is another one who really can go either way. They can get elected or knocked off just as easily.
2: I well, oh, wait, so, wait, so, oh, go, go, go ahead. Next. I'm Sorry. also, I'm pretty scared that this will enable Moolah to get voted in. I, <laughs> I, who I said something like this on the observer board, I think yesterday, Moolah may very well be the worst candidate on the ballot. And you know what? I'm going to be frank today, say here, what I didn't say on the board, because I thought Dave, would think I was trolling him because it came out, somehow it came out of me joking about something Joe had said and saying Edge was a terrible candidate when I don't think he's a terrible candidate, but somehow it led to me comparing people we came near and one of them was Moolah. And I said, Moolah was the worst candidate, on the ballot. And I made some cryptic comment. Basically my feeling is, is that if you've read Dave's bio of Moolah, once he died, you know that she was um, sort of forcing women into sexual slavery and <laughs> it would, it would honestly not shock me if there are older wrestlers and promoters who vote for her because they value that. I, it really wouldn't because it's wrestling and wrestling is screwed up. And yeah, <laughs> if we know well, we know people, let's put yeah. it this way: we know people who didn't vote for certain people because they didn't know the name of the Okana role. We know people who voted for who they referred to as Takahashi last year because (laughs) they thought that he sold out the Tokyo Dome. And with that in mind, it would not shock me for people to vote for Fabulous Moolah because of things that they like that in the real world are terrible things.
1: Yeah. Yujiro, a much bigger... Uh, draw than we ever
2: thought, huh? Else... <laughs> had a lot of write-in yeah, uh, when, <laughs> I post, when I tweeted about that I was so pissed, even though I'm not really a New Japan fan, I know who Yujiro is I'm so pissed that I didn't think of that when I was tweeting about Takahashi. I, yeah, that's alright right. into they're, the they're this
0: year Absolutely. <laughs> uh, one thing that was interesting as well, I was talking with Dylan Hales about this a little bit, and we we were talking about you know the 15 year mark, something that was interesting to him is he said, you know, in the, in the short term we're looking at some guys that might get bumps but long term, it might be interesting that you might get to a, a, an issue where tons of guys drop off every single year and that you get a lot of modern candidates that might not look that good but because people want to fill out that 10 they might see you know they might become more worthy candidates only by the virtue of there's not as many guys which would be interesting i I think he's going to do a little bit of study there to see sort of people that could fall off but this could have a potentially huge thing especially with that 50 percent threshold which could drop a ton of people off every single year
2: yeah we i i wish more of the issues were online i mean maybe day i i would it's think so hard
0: to find them. Well, that's the the, i've been trying to find them for the past like 20 well, minutes because
2: i want to <laughs> keep tra- i want to keep track of who went on when that's i would love to do it yeah if you can find that out let me maybe, know maybe I, I would think the best the i would think the best place it. to look for the pre-2008 stuff would be to check the threads at some place like wrestling classics because that would, okay. that is probably the longest standing board that had regular hall of fame discussion
1: or what you can do uh, rich is send Dave an email and yeah, actually well, in yeah. your case in your case, keep sending him emails because <laughs> you're, you're someone That's who listen now listen, I'm gonna say something here, okay You're somebody who badly wants to vote. Who's clearly going to take it seriously and not vote for Takahashi or not vote for guys who don't know know what O'Connor role is. You're a guy who wants to do it. You're a guy who will take it seriously. You're a guy who's done very interesting studies. You did the Randy Orton study, which I'm sure you're going to shove down people's throat, I guess, in two years when he gets on the ballot. Uh, you know, you did the bit, the Randy Orton study that showed that he's never been a significant draw. You're currently working on a Brock Lesnar uh, uh, piece, uh, breaking him down, um, just uh, a Gordy list with Brock Lesnar. Uh, You've done several interesting – you're someone who clearly deserves a vote. You're clearly somebody who wants a vote, and it really is just a matter of hammering Dave with emails. Yes. (laughs) Because then he's going to reply back to you with one of those completely random emails because a fun game that people play is what email did Dave reply to you with (laughs) to give you your ballot this year? And Bix, I'm going to ask you, uh, what email (laughs) did he reply to to give you your ballot this
2: year? He replied to the same one he replied to last year. That's a common trend, which yeah. Is, what, what was that Which one? is, what was up with the demonic voice on the UFC 159 pay-per-view? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, Joe, what was yours? <laughs> that might be the winner. That's, that's the winner in the
2: clubhouse right always, now from everything I've heard. That's always the yeah.
1: winner, and I'm glad that he used that one again.
2: <laughs> Didn't Jose, uh, Jose Fernandez had a really good one last year, but I forgot what it was.
1: I, yeah, I can't remember either, uh, but uh, mine was actually different than last year's. Oh. Uh, last year's he replied to um, – I believe the email – it was about the uh, Paul Bosch um, – uh, the NWA Paul Bosch uh, show that they had in Houston last year. I sent him some tidbits and news bits from that. This year he replied to Voices of Wrestling Match of the Year poll. Uh, which
0: he did not vote on, Which, by he, the way. which was, he
1: didn't vote on, But a jerk. but he kept the email – <laughs> and that's the email he chose to reply to to send the Hall of Fame ballot. Now, Rich, that's that bodes well for you because it means Voices of Wrestling is on his radar.
0: Dude, he gets a lot of emails from me, so I'll just keep – uh, I'll increase that away. by – got
1: to keep plugging away. And also <laughs> keep checking your email because I know of voters who didn't get their ballots until like today and yesterday.
2: hmm so, well, he sends these out all individually. Because Dave, Dave, with his unique relationship with copying and pasting, um, does not just. Well, you <laughs> know what? You know. I I could see why, because it could get marked as spam and stuff. So I can see why he would 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 want to send them out individually.
1: i uh, yeah, I'm not sure he's thinking it through. That <laughs> I
0: don't think he knows about blind carbon <laughs> well, copies also, well, or, well, or well, mailing
2: lists. Who knew or that Juno like that, so. had would retain so many of your emails? If you are one of the people who still use Juno.
0: Well, you know what i'm shocked that one day they just didn't delete we may it may have
1: solved the mystery on why he's still using juno maybe they have some awesome system of email <laughs> that you know gmail and yahoo are not utilizing uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, even yahoo's old at this point uh, so you know who knows why with the juno um, why, don't, why don't we do this now let's go over each um, region and just mention what's new, who's new to the ballot from each region mm-hmm. and then maybe give some brief thoughts on those candidates, and I know, Rich. Uh, while we were talking, I know you were kind of cross-referencing the lists. Are we ready to, to do this now? I
0: think so. Yeah, there, there might be a few that we might miss, and people can, of course, let us know because we're the biggest idiots in the world. But we're doing the best we can with with, with the info. But yeah, I think we, I think we got it pretty oh, good. Oh, you know what? And actually, I, tell, I missed
2: so. a move from uh, Modern U.S. Canada to Historical that we didn't discuss earlier.
0: Okay. Well, one of those is. Well, why don't
1: we just do that right now? One of those is yeah. Pedro Morales, who was moved to the Historical. Who's the other one, Bix?
2: It was uh, Johnny, Mr. Wrestling 2 Walker. There you go. Okay. Because I was trying to figure out, wait a second, I voted for him last year, and then I remembered that he was in historical, that I abstained from historical, and he got moved.
1: You know, I'm glad you brought that back up because I voted for Pedro Morales last year, and I will not be voting for him this year because I don't vote in the historical category. Mm-hmm. so and now he's not even close to getting in anyway and in fact i don't even think he's going to get the 50 percent. so i don't think it's going to be an issue i think he's going to get dropped but you know that's a little wrinkle too yeah, he
0: had 22 last year Yeah, so he's, he's so.
1: going to be history and he was never getting in regardless but that's a little wrinkle too where when guys move from one category to the other sometimes they lose votes like this is a good example i'm not going to vote for him now and know, also I,
2: if he had one more year he could have gotten back on
1: true True. A lot of interesting wrinkles with this new rule. (laughs) A lot of interesting wrinkles. And a lot of emails are going to be sent to Dave when when we uh, finish this podcast, I think. But uh, let's go to the uh, Modern Performers US Canada. And the new candidates there, and you guys can uh, correct me if I miss any. I believe it's the Junkyard Dog...
0: I could not find when he was. He was previous. I could find the info that he was definitely previously on the ballot, but I cannot find exactly what year it was that he dropped off. So, or when he started. Right. All right. So, so we don't know. But he was on for sure. So yeah. we
1: don't know how many years are left on his clock.
0: So his clock is ticking, yeah, or know, has ticked, or yeah.
1: Right, but we know he's back on. CM Punk who is a brand new candidate this year and ultimate warrior who I am almost positive was on the ballot. I
0: recall him dropping off at some point point. Yeah, same deal. I couldn't find exactly his uh, origin, but I could find for fact that he was I on. I
2: think he so. had a minuscule percentage too, a like it's ridiculous. Yeah,
1: I think he lasted exactly one year and barely got any support. Now, to explain to people who may not know, the way you can get added back on uh, like the Ultimate Warrior did, and by the and how the Junkyard Dog did, and some of the other people we're going to talk about. There's two ways voters can sort of suggest to Dave people that uh, they think that they're going to vote for who they may not have voted for in the past. And I suspect that that's how Junkyard Dog got back on. In fact, I know that's how Junkyard Dog got back on because the second way to get returned to the ballot is to do something else significant in wrestling that would improve your resume, which that's probably how the Ultimate Warrior got back on because he obviously drew some money this year at WrestleMania and uh, you know being the focus of the network around that time and being the headliner at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Well, and and he uh, died. And he, yes, and he died as well, yeah, but uh, he definitely drew some more money this year, uh, which added to his resume, hypothetically, uh, which is why I think he was uh, put back on the ballot. So that's how guys get back on, So and CM Punk, of course, is a first-time candidate. So mm-hmm. we've got three there, maybe some brief thoughts. Um, you know, uh, Bix, is there anyone uh, that you feel strongly about here that you want to say a few words about?
2: Uh, well, Junkyard Dog is someone I asked to be put on the ballot, so I – I feel like a. I would feel like a dick if I didn't vote for him, but the, the the ballot has definitely changed this year. So, I mean, I think I still will, but it's, I you know, obviously I asked and said I would vote for him, not anticipating a change. Like
0: this. <laughs> um, Just like Joe, yeah, you guys now have the guilt vote yeah. people that you got on the. I ballot, mean, it's yeah.
2: like here's the thing, Jyd. Yeah, he does not have longevity on his side, but he took a a. Territory that was not much of a happening territory and a city that was not an especially hot city for wrestling turned into one of the hottest territories in the country and maybe the hottest city for wrestling in the country at that point being New Orleans in Mid-South. And there are very few guys who can say they did something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's someone who I'm strongly considering throwing a vote at. Um, I'm really going to dig deep and look at the drawing record down there. And I I think, um, you know that's clearly where he's going to cultivate any sort of support was, you know, his time in mid South. I don't think he did anything hall of fame worthy, except, put, you know, possibly add some icing on the cake in the early days with WWF when he was arguably the number two baby face at points, but that's certainly debatable, but yeah, he's someone who I'm, I'm definitely going to dig deep on and, uh, and, and consider putting a vote towards. So, uh, now ultimate warrior, um, I don't feel like, um, You know, the the Hall of Fame stuff is enough to to change enough people's minds, probably not even enough to keep them on the ballot. But you never know, because the death bump has uh, has definitely done things for people in the past. What's your take on that?
2: I think the death bump could get them over 10 percent. But the the new rule is kind of just a wild card when it comes to all that. Like are people there? There are people who, especially if they didn't fill up their ballot, would vote for guys just because like, okay, I don't want to fall off the ballot. Now you have to—there are people who, if you don't want to fall off, there's that whole other threshold, and you have to vote for someone stronger. You can't really have a pet low-end candidate like that anymore, necessarily.
1: I think it would help. It would have helped them a lot if there was definitive proof that Warrior Week greatly increased network numbers. But at that time, the network numbers were so poor— that i don't think
0: that's gonna help him anyway so and the one thing that was interesting with him is i believe and i don't know uh bix you might have the confirmation on that but didn't the goldberg dvd actually do better than his dvd yeah, i believe so
2: it came out earlier though right
0: uh i believe so yeah i, I forgot the exact i think goldberg I know came out around january
2: or february and warrior mm-hmm. came out like what the week before wrestlemania something like yes, that. yes yeah Mm-hmm. so yeah the warrior yeah the warrior dvd didn't do that well
0: no it did not no which, which is interesting yeah yeah I, I would have not guessed that, but, yeah, it did not do very well. So, yeah, you know, could, without knowing yeah, the network and Rich, numbers. And
1: yeah. yeah, and combined with the fact that Warrior Week clearly didn't, you know, provide any sort of meaningful bump in the network. I mean, it just, you know, I, you know I, I'm not sitting here trying to bash to dead, but it just lends credence to the fact that he wasn't the draw ever that pe- that some people
2: tend to think that he was. Well, you know what, We don't know when they picked up the added subscribers because, remember, there's the whole thing with the edge and then the canceled and – Sure. You can say it's maybe ended up being like eight hundred thirty total, but we also don't know if anywhere counted twice. And but regardless, we don't know when that amount went up. And maybe it did go up the week after WrestleMania, and we don't know because remember the number we got was the number the morning of the day after WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the yeah, number it, between
2: then and then the, the most recent right. one. Absolutely.
1: And I guess uh, now's a good time. Something I missed in sort of my opening overview of how the Hall of Fame works is the criteria which we never actually yes. discussed, that might be important uh, for yeah. people to know why we're voting for these people. I'm going to read it's it important directly. important
2: to us, and it's important the yeah. listeners to hear why we're voting for them, but there are a lot of voters who it's not that important to.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that's a completely separate topic. But uh, here's the criteria as it's written by Dave and what you're supposed to be using to vote. The criteria for the Hall of Fame is a combination of drawing power, being a great in-ring performer, or excelling in one's field of pro wrestling, as well as having historical significance in a positive manner. So there's three components, drawing power, a great in-ring performer, or if you're not a wrestler, being great at your field, meaning somebody like Gene Okerlund or Howard Finkel, and uh, and also having historical significance in a positive manner. Now, it says a candidate should have something to offer in all three of the categories or be someone so outstanding— one or two of those categories that they deserve inclusion. The trend that we've seen over the years is the quickest and easiest way to get in is to be a great draw. If you are a great draw, that is your quickest path to the Hall of Fame. That seems to be, of the three criteria, the one that the voters take the most seriously. There have been a small handful of guys, not as many as you would think, who've gotten in Strictly on ring work Or that you could even argue Have strictly gotten in on ring work And then uh, there's the influence uh, The historical influence In a positive manner Which is always You know a lot like ring work Is is sort of one that's uh, That has a a deep basis In your personal opinion Which is why these You know arguments get ugly sometimes And things get interesting But yeah Just wanted to quickly Go over the criteria Since maybe the most important part Of what the ballot is made up of (laughs) I failed to mention in the beginning Because we were so woefully Unprepared for this And we're doing such an awful job But anyway uh, those are the three new candidates for, uh, for U.S. Canada. CM Punk, of course, who we haven't talked about. And Bix is probably going to stay out of that one. Uh, he's, a, he's a new candidate. <laughs> I, did, and, I don't have to. I mean, I, you know, I think he's going to do reasonably well. My feeling is he's going to fall a little <laughs> bit short. I think people mm-hmm. want to sit on him for a little while, but he's definitely someone who I think has a very good chance of getting in in the
0: future. Certainly a lot of arguments surrounding him coming forward in the next few months, definitely.
2: I think I don't think he drops off. I don't think that happens. Uh, no, 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 I don't think so. I, the big question for me is whether or not the walking out in retirement helps him or hurts him.
1: I think it'll hurt him with uh, retired wrestlers, maybe even active wrestlers. You know, it could help him with active wrestlers if they feel he was the reasons that he left were principled and he was standing up for them.
2: Yes, and I think it could help him with historians who are sometimes not inclined to vote for active wrestlers.
1: True, true, but the, you know the retired wrestlers was a demo. He wasn't going to do well in anyway. I don't think.
2: Well, based on when I don't when was the context of the thing that Dave Meltzer said about how older wrestlers, except for Austin and Bret Hart, don't Bret Hart. like yeah. his work. I don't even remember how that came up.
0: That was, I think it was just a piece that just kind of got thrown into a random. Um, I think it was was it last year's ballot when he mentioned when he oh, the introduction. I, he was, I remember reading it. I don't he was recall mentioning when. I, the, who was going to be added. Maybe. Yeah. I thought he was in that one. I don't know what it was. I, I remember it just kind of being a throwaway line that didn't really come with any more Actually, context than that. I don't think that, it's but...
2: completely true. Uh, just anecdotal from stuff. I know I'm pretty like, I know that, you know, he, he was pretty close to Harley race for a long time. I mean, that's just one that off the top of my head.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, who knows, but I think that eventually he's definitely some, I, I, my gut says he'll get in at some point. I just now, don't think he'll get in this year.
2: In the grand scheme of, of modern WWE candidates, though, aside from your slam dunks like Asina, where does he sit, though? I feel like he's better than Edge. He's certainly better than Orton. But I feel like almost except for Daniel Bryan, who I believe is eligible next year, I would put him below Bryan because I feel Bryan is a guy who does satisfy the so outstanding in the one area criteria yeah, he excels that, he in should, that, yeah. that he should be a first palco. Certainly.
1: and oh by the way headlined the wrestlemania that did you know incredible business which is just icing on the cake at that point
2: yeah yeah, I mean, I, well, I, even before all that happened, when, it, when I was trying to calculate when would be considered his debut for when to go in, I think I was emailing with Dave about it. I was I was thinking pretty much I would vote for him first ballot.
0: I think Joe and I said that on our last year when we covered the podcast that he was just uh, just off, the, as you mentioned, the excelling in the in ring and just the amount of awards he's won and that sort of stuff that he he no matter what, if he retired tomorrow, if he never wrestled again, he's he's Which unfortunately
1: might happen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so he that's might a reality be at this point. That, yeah. But, yeah, he's a no-brainer to me. I'm going to vote for him the second he's on I the ballot. But, uh...
0: And I, I'm with you, Bix. I think Punk's just under Brian and just under Cena. But then as far as other contemporaries, yeah, I mean, I put him above in Orton. I put him above in Edge, who's who's on the ballot as well. i tell you what, what about um,
1: Batista, who fell off?
2: Yeah. The, uh, I, I didn't vote for, for Batista, but I, kinda, I didn't like that he fell off. I mean, maybe it's t- – I think people will probably re- re- reevaluate him better maybe in a couple of years. I think probably becoming a movie star will help him with some people who it shouldn't help him where it shouldn't really help him. But I, I think he will get back on the ballot within a couple of years and will probably not fall off that time.
1: I think it's pretty easy to put Daniel Bryan over someone like Batista because uh, Daniel Bryan took Batista's spot earlier this year.
2: But Batista is also the, you could argue, is the biggest draw of all the guys we're talking about.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because he's yeah. the one who fell off, so it's re- it's really crazy. Uh, the, it's some of these modern WWE guys, the
0: opinions are just all over the board. Yeah, you got Brock Lesnar as well, who we haven't even mentioned as well as an interesting and one. There's,
2: sure, the whole, there's the whole thing of kind of how do you measure it? Do you measure it different from past eras? And I think you have to to some degree, but not as much as some people do. Like, you know, with like the way people... Like Kurt Angle should not have gone in right away. I think he probably would have gone in eventually if they... Because remember the rule changed right after Angles' debut. Because from it was thirty-five years old or fifteen years in the business to fifteen years in the business, or is it thirty-five with at least ten years, or forty with at least ten years?
1: Thirty-five.
2: So okay, so thirty-five with at least ten years. So he would have, he it would have been wouldn't have been until he had fifteen years. So it wouldn't have been until last year, right? Because he made his debut in ninety-eight. Yes. And I think he probably still would have gone in, but I think with so much that happened, with the drug problems and the DUIs and being in TMA and all that, I, it would not have been nearly as overwhelming as. Oh, well,
1: here's another factor. It's a bit morbid, but I think a lot of the old time wrestlers who love him because of the you know the fact that he's a legitimate wrestler, a lot of those guys aren't around anymore. They couldn't have voted for him because they're dead. Oh wait, what year did I... he go in?
2: Was what was it? Oh four or five? It was really early. Kurt Angle 06.
1: It was as soon as he was eligible, so it was right when he turned thirty-five. Right, so, so that was, yeah, let, me, let me find
2: oh, out I for you have, here I real quick. Yeah, right in front of me. Uh, oh four,
1: Jesus, yeah. <laughs> so you know about ten years worth of old wrestlers who are no longer voting, and you know he did well in that. I mean, you know those guys love him.
2: So yeah, you know. and it was a really high percentage. I don't remember exactly, but it was he did really well.
1: So who knows? Uh, let's move on to the new candidates in Japan. We've got Junakiyama, who I believe is returning to the ballot, mm-hmm. although not positive. I think so. Uh, Akira Toei, now he's definitely returning to the ballot, 100%. Yes, he's, yes. he's been there before. Uh, Yuji Nagata is new, isn't he? Oh is um, no, Minoru Suzuki is new, for sure. Suzuki is new. Suzuki
2: new, and also the team of Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tanzan.
1: I'll, talk, I'll speak to those guys first. You know, I could see why Dave put them back on the ballot because, you know, they're a legendary team in Japan and they've certainly added to their resume uh, in the last couple of years with, you know, winning a bunch of IWGP and NWA tag team titles and such. But they're not strong candidates. They're not a Hall of Fame-level tag team, especially when you consider that, you know, how many tag teams are in the Hall of Fame? I think it's only three or four, correct?
2: It's not a lot, especially I as mean, not teams. even Yeah,
1: not well, components because so many of teams, have... but teams themselves.
2: Well, because because I don't know how many of us had tried and failed to get Dave to adopt kind of a rock and roll Hall of Fame type rule with that, but you know pa- Patterson and Stevens are in separately, and I guess in that case it's whatever as far as them not being a team. But sure. you know we have guys like the fabulous ones. As the rules stand now, fabulous ones are never going to be on the ballot because Stan Lane is in with the Midnight Express. That's
1: that. That's bad. Is that really the case? you <laughs> can't go back on the ballot as another tag team. I,
2: I didn't believe know that. so because he treats it like you're once you're in for that you're oh, in Terry Gordy in, right. so Terry Gordy can't be a sing- in as a singles wrestler or anything like that
1: interesting I wasn't aware of that um, the, the point here that I'm making with these guys is if there's only three or four teams in I'm not looking at the list now you cannot make an argument that this is one of the top five tag teams of all time. No. no. I mean, there, there's, there, there, you can't even uh, construct an argument even close to that. So, And actually, I think both of these guys probably have a stronger case of singles wrestlers hmm. than they do as a tag team. Well, no, I, I
2: they this, is both off. Have, this is one of those things where you have to—I hate to interrupt— this is one of those things where you have to estave exactly what the criteria is because there are things that get confused, like with the regional stuff, because a lot of the guys in Australia, et cetera— are Americans you're voting for like those guys you're voting for your, you're voting for the whole career, but they're in that category because that's where they have their, their best run. So if, if you have these two as on the ballot as a team, am I only voting for them as a team even though they had significant singles runs? And I don't know the answer to that. And that's something we should probably all email, Dave. and Well, well back.
1: I tell you what, Bix. Um, they're listed on this ballot as Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tenzon, so I'm treating them like a team, and there's no way I'm voting for these guys. The fact of the matter is I don't think I'd vote for them as individuals either. Kojima is a guy who I would have to look at and, and his drawing record and whatnot – um, but you know, as a team, I can't even I, I, I can't even entertain an argument that they should be in as a team. And uh, you know, so but and
2: they were can, a great working team.
1: Sure, absolutely. Lives. Oh yeah, yeah. They're a legendary team in Japan too. But I just I mean, come on. When you can, when you're looking at the, the Hall of Fame standards and the fact that there's so few teams in there already, I can't. I, there's so many teams I would put in ahead of those guys that I can't. You know, there's no way I could vote for those guys. Okay, as so a, look, as a
2: team, I'm looking at it now as teams. We have fabulous Kangaroos, Road Warriors. Original Freebirds. Well, I guess not technically the original Freebirds, because well, the 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 famous Freebird trio. The, yeah, the Freebirds one is a mess. Midnight Express, at
1: that. and
2: I think that's it.
1: And nobody would argue with those four, obviously. And uh, so the standards are pretty high. It's hard to get in as a tag team. And let me ask you a question. Do you think Tenkoji fits in with those four? I, I do not. <laughs> I, you know, and that's not even yeah. a slight to them. It's just I, you know, they should not be the fifth team going into the Hall of Fame uh, as a unit. So uh, Junakiyama is an interesting one. As a worker, I think uh, he certainly is a Hall of Fame caliber worker. The, the, the downside to him is whenever he's been on top Uh, in whatever respective company it is you know by the time he got on top in noah business was starting to decline uh obviously he did nothing for modern all japan which is on its dying legs and he did nothing to spark that so there's issues there with with how much of a draw he was um now there's you know i'd be interested in seeing the numbers of when he was on top in noah because it wasn't completely dead when he was on top it was just starting to decline so he's an interesting candidate certainly the work is there um
2: Did you have thoughts on him, or...? Yeah, well, I feel like this goes kind of for both him and Taui, I think. And, you know, I know there are people who are going to be down on Taui that are high on Akiyama and vice versa. I feel like both guys might have cases strictly on work, because I feel like, yes, Kibashi Kawada, and Masawa were all better, and Kabashi and Masawa were certainly better draws. It's not that big a gap, though. Uh like, in the grand scheme of things, if, you know, if Kibashi, if you want to say something like Kabashi, uh, Kawada, and Masao were the top three workers in the world at their peak, you know, then Akiyama and Tawe were top ten at the same time, and... You know, it's, they only were an ire because they had the other guys that were ahead of them. And, sure, and, sh- and, sh-
1: and should you hold that against them just because... And they and I don't
2: think so, and I know a lot of wrestlers for some reason are down on Taui because I, I, the idea was hard to work with and stuff. And sure, I mean, I can sort of see that he's kind of an awkward moving guy, but that guy, that guy's a tremendous pro wrestler. I mean, and maybe he, I would say he probably the most sound psychologically in terms of like a basic wrestling psychology of the... Big four, big five, all Japan guys. Because, like, if you were, do you remember that first match he had with Marafuji?
1: Yes, I actually do.
2: That was an absolutely tremendous match. And I'm a guy who's been hot and cold on Marufuji, And it's not like he didn't contribute, but that match was all tally. That was a genius performance by him.
1: Well, I'll tell you what's going to hurt him, Abs- you know, whether fair or unfair. People are going to say, most of his greatest matches were tags, where you could argue he was the third or fourth best worker in the match.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what Dave puts in the in the in the last observer. He says he was the fourth guy in the tag match uh, of all those big Look sort at of the tag other matches. Three. So, yeah. yeah, right. I and that's and that's where it's kind of like yeah, you kind of have a, it. It's like well, three of the all time greats, and then but him. that's like, gonna. But, yeah,
1: right. but Like it's, I said, fairly or unfairly, that's gonna hurt him. You know, yeah. in the eyes of a lot of voters. So you know, that's gonna be a problem, and that's probably what sunk him the first time. I'm interested, uh, what got him back on? I guess people asked for him.
2: Yeah, I, I, I feel I don't think I asked him, I think I knew people were I was pleasantly surprised to see him and I was like, Okay, I want you know, I feel like I might abstain, but I really want to vote for Taoi and Akiyama and now. Now I'm not sure I will, but I really want I really want Tawei especially to go in. Taowee's the one who I feel like I have the personal connection to loving his stuff, but I I feel like Akiyama should be into, but ooh, this battle's tricky this year.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, those are two more guys where there's the mystery of when their clock started. And another thing, Kojima and Tenzan, I'm almost positive we're in his singles, but now that they're on the ballot as a tag team, does, they might does restart, this yeah. restart their clock? As oh, a team? I don't know. I mean, I, technically, it should. They've right? got some splains I mean, to it's,
0: do. <laughs> it's,
1: it's a tricky deal. The other guy that we haven't mentioned is uh, that, that's new to the ballot in Japan is Minoru Suzuki. He's one of these guys where you get into that funky gray area of how much do you account for MMA? But with that said, it was Pancrase where it was uh, much of it was worked anyway. So, what's your feeling on that? Uh, it's such a tricky. He's a tricky. Tr-
2: yeah, I had no idea, like, I wasn't as familiar with the really deep history of the pancreas stuff before Funaki went in and Dave wrote the bio, which is one of, what, that's one of my favorite Hall of Fame bios, by the way, for people who haven't read it, and, is that, that one is on the site, right? I think that was maybe the first one after the merger? It should I think be there, it's 08. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Funaki, I think once you read the bio, it's pretty easy to see he should be in because it's such a weird thing where he's carrying guys and all that to make it longer fights. And he really did see it as pro wrestling and it's real pro wrestling that I have to make give the fans a show, blah, blah, blah. And it's pancreas and it's such a weird thing. Okay, so then you have the guy who was kind of the number two Japanese guy behind him and was his buddy and not, well, I guess not protege. They were peers pretty much, but Suzuki was not that much. He was not a... Super top guy in Pancrase, the way Funaki was. I mean, he got he got laughed kind of by by the Americans and and by guys who like Boss Rudin. Right.
1: So and here's, and here's the other here's the yeah. other thing too. We know for a fact that Funaki and Ken Shamrock were working their fights, even when the fights were works and when the fights were shoots. Like you said, they were carrying people, making people look good. They understood the concept of making stars. So there's a legitimate argument there that what they were doing was pro wrestling. Now Suzuki. Now Frank Shamrock and now Boss Rutin has said a million times he had no idea he was involved in works. Or at least that's what he claims. Frank Shamrock, the same thing. He claims he has no idea he was involved in works. And Minor Suzuki is kind of that guy in the middle where we don't know what he thinks, what he knows, or what he was doing. So, you know, was he part of the brain trust that was actively working some of these fights? Uh, I think so. well, he
2: was a Japanese guy and he was office. So I would think that he knew and he was working. And he was you know, guys. so
1: from that standpoint, to me, that would raise his profile in terms of voting for, him for the Hall of Fame because he was—he actively knew he was working. Uh-huh. It's so tricky, though. I mean, yeah. I—I I, so I,
2: might—I would say I'm leaning towards no because I remember when last year, I think when Dave did the Hall of Fame issue, and he announced that Suzuki was one of the guys who was going to be on this year's ballot. I remember in the thread at Wrestling Classics, there were like – so like one people saying, oh, I'm absolutely voting for him. He's a slam dunk, and I saw more and more, and I was like, I like Suzuki a lot, and he's been an amazing performer these last several years, but really?
1: Listen, I'll tell you – I'll say this about Suzuki. There's no way he's a Hall of Famer if you don't include the pancreas stuff. So yes, it, yeah, that's, that's awesome. really – yeah. it, it depends where you fall on that. If you want to count that, you can make an argument for him, and I still don't think he's a slam dunk by any means. But if you're not counting the pancreas stuff, yeah, if you're purely you can't wrestling. vote for him. He's not a Hall of
2: yeah. Famer. Because there's only one or two people here that's, that could fall off the ballot. We already talked – I talked about Volkan a little bit. Do you – either of you, since you're more inclined to vote for Japan this year than me, are either of you going to vote for Sakaguchi, do you think?
1: No. I didn't last year, and I won't this year.
0: I don't have a ballot, but I wouldn't oh. if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I but I wouldn't. No, no. Why does Joe yeah, have a ballot no, no, and not you? It's okay. You. It's all right. No, why, yeah, why, don't do,
1: Bix, 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 why do I have a ballot and about a million people don't? That, that's, that's a better question. But yeah, absolutely. Rich, <laughs> Rich definitely needs to have a ballot. I really don't get it. I talked about that before. It's ridiculous. Keep sending those emails. But uh, we got, Rich, I got, I got, I got Rich, people, I got people working,
0: too. I would not know. <laughs> I would not, and and yeah, it's...
1: Kamora too, Kamora's a guy I wouldn't vote for either. I didn't vote for him last mm-hmm. year, I wouldn't vote for him this year. And I, I would, I'm would. i not voting for Volkan either, I think, uh, you know, regardless of what you think of that style, I, there's no longevity, there's not enough longevity there for me.
2: I mean, there's longevity in terms of years though, it's just he the number of matches per year. Right, right. <laughs> you know, that's what I mean <laughs> when like I say longevity, between, it's just but... he,
1: he barely competed in any match. I mean, it's. I just used the WWE buzzword, didn't I? I said competed. Uh, yeah, he he barely had any matches. I, it's hard for me to pull the trigger on him. Um, what do so you are saying I, I really that, wish... that in the
2: matches that transpired earlier tonight? Excuse me.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the WWE <laughs> Universe talk here. But uh, uh, somehow we're delving deep into the Japan category. I didn't know how and that happened. Should, okay, What's so
2: that? I think that. No, wait, is Tamura new? I feel like Tamura is either new or retired. Uh Let me confirm Rich,
1: Rich has it in front of him.
2: Yeah, and and while I'm doing that real quick, yeah,
0: in doing my research uh, for—he is new, from what I can tell. Yeah, he is not on last year's ballot, so he is also a new one that we missed. Um, Yeah, in doing some research for uh, the Brock Lesnar piece that I was working on— I really would love Dave, and I know he's he sort of threw his hands up last year, and, and threw his hands up when when Sakuraba came in, and was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know, you guys kind of decide how you want to you know deal with these guys. It, it's so I really just wish at some point because we're gonna have you, you will have these arguments every single year with these sort of guys, and Suzuki is one of them, or Volkan or whatever, and all these guys where it's I really wish he would just because I think somebody needs to be that that sort of invisible hand to say okay count MMA, or don't count MMA. You, you know what I mean? Because it's just, it's so hard without him. Because well, he basically throws his hands up and says, well, I, I, do, decide what it's you want. Even it, more, it's, it even, it open, it's even yeah. more
1: nuanced than that. Because then if, you, sure. if you're counting MMA, are you counting fighting ability, or just drawing ability? Or Right, it's so weird. Because
0: when I'm doing my Brock Lesnar piece, I'm thinking, okay, well, he beat this guy, but does that matter? I, it shouldn't. And then I said, it doesn't matter, and then later it just, it's just, it's so confusing. And a guy like Volkan is, is, and I, kind of previewing or sort of spoiling a little bit, uh, Dylan has a piece um, where he talks a little bit about volcan and he puts up a compelling argument based off a lot of the you know his success Fighting, but then it's like, well, oh man, that's so tricky. Like, does that? Why does? Should that count? it's the should it same not,
2: company or? too. That's what makes it right.
0: Crazy. It's so weird. Yeah, it's it's just I know. Oh, I, I,
1: per- I personally believe there's a more compelling case to combine them in Japan, just because of the way the culture was. Yeah, yeah, sure. It truly was considered the same thing. The reason that I voted for Brock Lesnar last year and will not be voting for him this year is because I've decided that in America it's so different and it's so splintered that I'm no longer considering the MMA portion of Lesnar's career. Whereas last year I I. Did He considered the fact that the reason he was in an MMA draw was because he was a pro wrestler. I'm no longer considering that in America, but I can totally see why people would still consider uh, Mm -hmm. everything as one, at least for that era of Japan.
2: Now I'm not normally someone who would factor it in, but you do have to remember that for Lesnar's first UFC pay-per-view, he drew like a ridiculous percentage of the buys for people who had never bought a UFC pay-per-view. Right, and
0: that's and that's that's one of my biggest things is now, and in and, and my piece I talk about that of okay, well if he's drawing pro wrestling audiences to this other sport, even where and like. You know, negatively affecting pro wrestling buys going forward and moving fans over to new, you know, how do we factor that in? It's just, it's so, it's such a mess. It's
2: also one thing that gets forgotten about when Sakuraba went in in 2004, that was the, I believe, the year before Dave started the very short lived Wrestling Observer newsletter MMA Hall of Fame. Yes. And so Sakuraba, Sakuraba, I think was eligible a year later because I think, I think he went in his first year, right? Uh, correct, yes. Okay, if Sak- He was a slander,
0: he I, I don't have the exact numbers, but uh, Dave basically said without any complaints whatsoever, he was immediately If dead. it was a year
2: later, I don't think Sakuraba would have even been on the ballot.
1: You could be right. You could be right. You could be right. It, it, <laughs> it's his, it's uh, such a gray area. Who knows? I, I really
2: don't know. He built his style as pro wrestling, whatever. But if you go by his career doing work to pro wrestling, Kazushi Sakuraba, great worker, absolutely not a Hall of Famer. No
1: way, not even close. But the thing is, it's like Dave always says, you know, in Japan and to the jap the, the Japanese voters who are native to Japan, all of those people were pro wrestlers. All of them. It was all under one umbrella. And yeah, I yeah, like here's one here's, here's exact see, oh, the exact oh, quote. I'm sorry.
2: Though. Go ahead. Like I used to talk like Jose Fernandez used to talk about this all the time. His friends in Japan would always dispute that pro wrestling was the stupid fake thing. You watched as kids. Pride is this cool, hip, new, real fighting. Interesting. Maybe yeah, here's this. Well, quote. you know what, though? Um, A lot sorry, of these people go. are wrestling industry people, people who are covering it in the magazines. So, true. that's very difficult. true. Mm hmm. Yeah, here's a quick
0: little breakdown that he put in uh, last year's arrival I, I read this up. He said, uh, Balladers have clearly included MMA credentials in voting in the past for Sakuraba and Funaki, Uh before wrestling and MMA are more, more closely intertwined in, J- in Japan. Uh, Funaki's MMA, when he was doing it, was considered pro wrestling at the time, just non-worked. And to categorize it differently today would show a complete lack of understanding of the situation as it was in its prime. That is not the case for Lesnar. And then I guess Suzuki would go into that other bubble. And that's uh, it's just, uh, yeah, who
2: who knows? Yeah. And I think that's fair, though.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And we could probably do two hours on that
2: alone. Yeah, let's Take not. Yeah, let's oh, let's do so please move on. For though, Yoshi sake. tomorrow though, because we forgot him.
0: Right. Yes. Right. right. He, he's new. He is uh, also
2: new. I think that that go, that again that goes to the whole. Do you, how much do you value shoot style? Because it's a <laughs> dead style, and he was he's an incredible worker, and he ended up being a decent. He was a, apparently the best shooter of those guys, but by the time he competed, it was a little too late. Uh sure. And but he 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 is arguably the greatest shoot style worker of all time. I I would think you would say it's either him or Volkan. So, it again, how much do you value that? I mean, he doesn't have the less matches issue that Han has though. And I I don't know enough about how how well he drew though. Like I know Volkan was a draw for rings,
1: right. It's And he's one of these guys who I, I can go either way on. I could see him doing very well or very poorly. I really don't have a good feel for how he's going to do either. So, yeah, um, very difficult. But as far as Mexico, uh, Bix, take this one. Who's new here?
2: Okay, so we've got Los Brazos, and because they're actually six brothers, uh, Dave – I mean Dave always specifies it, but in this case it's especially important because it's Brazo de Oro, Brazo de Plata, and – El Brazo as Los Brazos. Then we've also got Ultimo Guerrero making his debut, I believe, in his first year of eligibility. Uh, Los Missionaros de la Muerte, who we talked about earlier. El Signo, El Tejano, and Navarro as a trio. And I think we figured, we figured out that Hector Garzo debuted on the ballot last year. Right.
0: Uh, yeah, let me confirm that for sure. But, but as far as uh, the other three, you see. Yeah, let me, you, you have one. He did. Yeah, correct, correct. Uh, that last year was his first year.
1: Okay, so he's not new. So we've got three new candidates, and you see one is an absolute mortal lock. What do you think of the other two?
2: Um, it's tricky. It's because it's this category where I could see myself voting for almost everyone. Um, it's not like I don't think they're worthy. Um, I think both of the other two are worthy. So. I mean, then with Ultimo and with Ultimo Guerrero, I think, he, you know, you have to just point out he, he's he's a, he's an interesting one. He's like a modern can He's a he stands out as the best worker of the modern guys, the longest standing draw. Even if he wasn't like the super exceptional draw, like a like a Mystic original Mystico or a Paraguayo Junior or anyone like that, but he's been an incredible worker for a very long time. Still is probably about to draw the biggest house in the history of the of CMLL in a, in a week or two, uh, was really responsible for drawing the biggest house in the history of CMLL last year, even if it turned out kind of weird. Uh, I think he should go in. Well, I vote for him. That's trickier, but he should go in. Uh, Los prazo should absolutely go in. You know, great workers for a long time, even if people who aren't as... Well, versed in Lucha, think of Brazo de Plata, Super Porky as more of a comedy guy. That guy when he was younger and even when he was older, depending on how much weight he put on, incredible worker. All three of those guys, great workers, you know, strong draws for a long time. Again, kind of were one of the really pioneering trios, not as much as Michinaros de la Muerte, who part of the reason they, should, they are locks, they are the ones who made trios wrestling, I think, in Mexico. Like, that cannot be overstated. I mean, you had tag teams and stuff before then, like, you know, with uh, Gorgoro and El Santo, but Los Michinars de la Muerte, they put trios on the map. They were the first ones to really have the whole gimmick and the matching outfits and everything and the name. And it was with them that trios wrestling really became the thing in Mexico. But also, incredible workers, you know, Draws, you know, they had that big program with El Santo where was part of it was Luck, where that was his last big program because he had the heart attack against them, so they became the death missionaries. But they absolutely need to be in. If they don't go in, that says a lot of very, very, very bad things about the uh, voting pool for Mexico for for the Hall of Fame. I mean, that is like when— Years ago, some, there was a debate on wrestling classics, and Dave said something like that nowadays Akira Maeda wouldn't get in. And someone like John Williams maybe some other people said, if you think Akira Maeda wouldn't go in nowadays, then that's, the problem is with the electorate. It's not with him.
1: Right. Well, I will say uh, the one thought that I have on, on these three is Ultimo Guerrero is still in his prime, and he's still going. So I think that could hurt them in the sense that people might say, you know what? We've got time to get him in. So, at a loaded ballot, let's vote for some of these guys who are either passed away or winding down or retired or whatever, and then we'll worry about him later.
2: Yes, but I would guess that a lot of people, depending on when some people send their ballot in, and it, I know some people don't take it as seriously, but that there are people who take it seriously who send it in right away is a little weird to me. But we, he's got this—he's got the biggest match of his career coming up in a couple weeks. It's going to be the biggest drawing match of his career. I, I think that could propel him in as a first ballot guy
1: good timing you know that's a good point yes. it's real good timing to have the biggest match
2: of your career and that helped with atlantis last year when they had they almost had the mass match and but they did the elimination thing that really drew the house at the anniversary show
1: right right regardless of whether it happened or not they drew the house so yeah yeah that's that's an interesting point you know if that doesn't blow away business that can that's the perfect time to do it so well actually uh,
2: you know what? let me check what did atlantis do in 2012 uh Oh, he got a huge jump. Okay, Ultimo Guerrero is going to go in this year because Atlantis went from 38% to 62%.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, so Ultimo,
2: I, I, okay, seeing that, I would be shocked if Ultimo Guerrero doesn't go in on first ballot. And hey, he deserves it. So
1: it'll be fresh in people's minds. Yeah. Oh, it's
2: easy. Yeah. I mean, Rich, would you agree with that?
0: Uh, yeah, no, absolutely, and you look at, especially with the Atlantis uh, you know, kind of background there, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know, I kind of have to throw my hands up for most of the Lucha stuff, but yeah, and especially having that, or drawing that big house so closely, as you guys are sort of talking about, I think, yeah, for sure, and using Atlantis, yeah, 38 to 62 is, is profound, so yeah, absolutely.
1: Definitely a good break for him, then, uh, from that standpoint. Now, did we figure out who's new in Europe, aside from Otto Wants?
2: Um, Rich? <laughs> Yeah, I'm it's so
0: hard to do cuz you kind of have to I I am doing like a search for each one. Um I believe I don't
2: yeah, for sure we have out of wands. Let me check there's one, Billy or two Joyce that I was Really one who I wasn't sure. Oh wait, you know what? Let me yeah. Look at Wait, oh, wait, let me just I have this open control F. Uh Joyce was on
0: there. Uh Hoffman was on there. Uh Jackie was obviously on there. Rocco was on there. Saint was on, Yeah, I think I think it has to be out of wands. I don't Jim, see anybody Jim else. Jim
1: Breaks is the only one that I have a question about.
0: Uh he was on oh, for he sure. Was last definitely year. On. Okay, yeah, so it's just Otto Because I, uh, I read numerous articles about him. Yeah, no, no. He, uh, it is just Otto Wands. Yeah, I can confirm now, that. Otto Wands,
1: so. Wands is a guy who everybody universally pretty much agrees was a shitty worker. Um, but, of course, he had that – You know, in, in the 80s there, you know, that promotion was a big stop for a lot of guys uh, who went on to big careers in other places. So there's sort of an influence argument for him since he ran that promotion. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm an expert on Otto Wands by any means. But um, it, I thought it was always sort of odd that he wasn't on the ballot. Now, I don't yeah. remember if he was on the ballot previously or not. Uh, but I think he's definitely I don't think who, so.
2: Well, because Europe's only been around now for, what, four years?
1: That's a... Yeah, excellent point. So he has to be new. He has to be brand new entirely. Yeah, I, I,
2: I, I found no evidence that he was... Unless on it he unless he was on so. it as a non-wrestler at some point as a promoter.
1: Which I doubt, which I seriously he,
2: doubt. Now, how about... So. That's a tricky thing, too. How much do you include... Uh, their, st- their time as a promoter for wrestler promoters.
1: Well, you know, my whole thing is when I look at a candidate, no matter where they're slotted, I look at the entire picture. I, you know, I try not to, unless, except in the wacky case of the MMA, I try to look at the entire picture. So, if I were to be voting in this category, I would consider it. Um, you know, it just depends, you know, how much emphasis you're going to put on it. So, I, I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I may abstain, but I think if you include promoting, he's, he's a fairly strong candidate, especially <laughs> in that pool where they're so they're good candidates but it seems like they're kind of canceling each other out because yeah, it, especially not... the well especially the whole thing we're so we're the big stars we're not great workers and then the great workers there's not a little uh, some of them you could sort of try to figure out who were draws like if someone was on tv a lot okay they were probably big stars so maybe jim you should say jim breaks was a draw but it's it's tricky
1: or Jackie Palo, another one. I mean, the guy's nickname was Mister
2: TV. Well, then again, but well, that's the thing. Jackie Palo, yeah. but Jackie Palo also has the thing where the oh, the wrestlers don't like him because of when he broke away and wrote the book Breaking K-Fabe and all that stuff.
1: Right, right. And you kind of get the idea. I mean, Europe doesn't have a, you know, it's the smallest voting pool. What not it the smallest voting pool? Or is it the uh, miscellaneous category? It's definitely a smaller drawing uh, let's uh, voting
0: see. pool. So. Yeah, I'm trying to fire I'm trying to look Carlos at the price Palo. here. You know, if, you get, if you
1: get 10 or 15 wrestlers who don't like you, who want to block? You're you not getting in because there's well, there's the voting pool is so small.
0: Highest. Oh, it actually has smaller.
2: It actually does have smaller. Well, he was the highest in Europe with 57. Jackie Powell yeah. was the highest in Europe with, last year with 57 votes as 46 percent. Carlos Colon was the highest in miscellaneous with 85 votes, 59 percent.
1: I he got something like what? How many total voters are we looking at? Right, give, you know, give
2: or take. I am not even going to try to do that math. Yeah, <laughs> it's a giant list. I don't, know if, so
0: wait, so, I don't know if Harrington has done that. Let me check if well, He was 50 percent, uh, uh, you
2: said, right? Wasn't one of those guys 50 percent? Uh, Paolo got, was 46. easy 60%. math. Right, so, okay, we both... so, we, so it's a little more. So it's 57 times 2 would be 90. Okay, So 104 would be a little less than 100. So, so
1: there's about 100 voters, give or take.
2: He, well, more. But, and then Cologne, 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 Cologne did 59 percent with 85. Okay, so Miscellaneous has more, has a lot more.
1: Okay. So my, my point here being if there's a lot of people who hate this guy, it's not going to take many of them to sink him. No. You have got a very tiny voting pool. You get 15 guys who don't like him of his contemporary, you know, they're going to sink the guy. So uh, you know, I don't know, but I don't want yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think like you said the most interesting thing with him is do you consider, you know, and and the other thing was, you know, if he, you know, if it was his promotion and he pushed himself, I mean, was he really the star that people
2: think he was? Uh we have to promotion. look at promotion. It lasted a lot. It lasted for a while after he stopped wrestling, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'd have to look at drawing records and things of that nature. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I definitely think he's someone who belongs on the ballot, though. So I think it's a good job getting him on there. Um, now, the miscellaneous category. We've got some new people there. Uh, Brute Bernard and Skull Murphy, for
2: well, sure. I Remember, we also have a new, uh, <laughs> a new region, sub region yes, yeah. in Africa. That's right.
1: In Africa. because The, the
2: continent entire of the continent region. of Africa. has joined the caribbean in the.
1: it's australia pacific islands caribbean and africa are all we have we have
2: we have have two full continents Uh, we have (laughs) the pacific islands and Uh, yeah an undefinable
1: now how many just
2: call it other
1: (laughs) just call it miscellaneous i mean
0: at this point yeah it's getting ridiculous now and and
1: also here's the thing too i would be willing to wager that there's not a single voter who is truly well versed in all four of those
0: categories to the point where they're experts on all of them? It's- yeah, the guy that knows Australia probably isn't too versed in Africa. Well, but Austra- maybe well the thing is, is Australia
2: and Pacific Islands—before you added Africa, those were close enough, kind of same territory. Because he's and some share talent i mean not exactly because pacific islands i guess I, I guess he means hawaii but then you've also <laughs> sort of got your hong kong and your Singapore. well which i guess is not necessarily pacific but you know what i mean
1: sure he's, Aust- he's counting... australia yeah australia and the pacific islands did share some of the same talent
2: he's uh, counting I... your various jim barnett and steve new, Z- new zealand areas. yes exactly new Correct. zealand hong kong singapore malaysia etc
1: Right. And then, you know, if you're an expert in that part of the world, you're also expected to be an expert in Puerto Rico and uh, now South Africa because Jan Wilkins is a candidate from South Africa who I'm almost positive was recommended to be added by Ryan Klingman. Uh, who did recommend him in a thread on the Observer board, and I think he listens to this show some of the time, so maybe uh, he can confirm that, but I'm pretty sure from the uh, Cube Circle newsletter, Ryan Klingman, who does a great job with that, uh, yeah. who is from South Africa, suggested Jan Wilkins. I think that's how he got on. Right. I'm almost positive King Kong Zaza got on because of me, because I, I can't <laughs> imagine anybody else was recommending that guy. And the thing with him is, it's very you can't really verify it, but there are these wild tales of this guy, you know, drawing 100,000 plus against Darren Singh in India, I mean, if that's the case, I the reason I wanted him on the ballot was I think that he he deserves some research if that if if those stories are out there because those are obviously some incredible numbers, um, you know. And then we have Brute Bernard and Skull Murphy and John De Silva, correct?
2: Yes.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, that's it.
1: Okay, uh, Bix, do you have any thoughts on any of these men?
2: Hmm. Uh, don't know much about Jan Wilkins. Willing to learn more. I mean, with uh, with Africa, and I guess really that's mainly South Africa. We're, we're really just talking about South South Africa because I don't think we're factoring in any uh, power UDI type guys. <laughs> right. Um. I don't know enough. I feel like I almost feel like South. If you're gonna do South, tie South Africa into one of the existing buckets, you maybe should tie it into Europe because of yeah, the I talent agree. sharing. hmm Um. So that kind of surprised me. Uh. So, But I don't know enough about him to vote for – That the whole category is weird because of what I outlined earlier, that really for the, for the North American guys who are in Australia that were, are on the ballot in this bucket, you are voting for their whole careers, but they're here because this is where they had their best run. And uh, a lot of these guys, though, would not be on the ballot if not for that run, and it wasn't always a long run. So it's like if you're doing an Australia Hall of Fame, a lot of these guys should be in. But if you're just voting, if you're just saying, okay, that's the best part of his career, this is how we're categorizing him, I don't know. Like, the only one I've, I've, I have I've voted for besides Cologne, who's his own thing, was Mark Lewin because I feel like his whole worldwide career is one where you can say he is a Hall of Famer. Uh, as far as the new guys, um, you know, again, Bernard and Skull Murphy, if you're talking about guys from that – who are big in that area, that's a – they should absolutely be on the ballot. Do not know much about King Kong Sasha. I think Steve Yowie wrote something about John De Silva not belonging in the New Wrestling Classics thread, which I could dig up if you want to talk for a second while I go look it up.
0: Yeah, let's. The King Kong one is interesting because that, that's uh, of the things I've read. You know, and, and Joe, you brought those up last year, is that there were these sort of reports. Oh, 200,000 in, you know, 1945, and then regularly 100,000 and that sort of stuff. And is there any way we're going to get any clarity on that? Is there anybody in the world that can, like, Probably, well, actually say, yeah, like, thing, are, are we going to go with that or just kind of? Well,
1: that's the thing. I don't think we're ever going to get any clarity on this stuff. Sure. But the reason I want them on the ballot was just to bring awareness so people, at least we can look into it, and maybe we can at
0: least. Right. I had never heard of them before until you mentioned that thing, and then I looked it up, and it's like, yeah, you drew 100,000 regularly. And mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, all right. Like, are we sure? If like, you
1: read what little is out there on him, you're not kidding. It says thing. You'll read things like drawing a hundred thousand fans regularly.
0: I mean, yeah. If, this uh, this there's this Chris Schramm thing at uh, uh, Slam Sports, and he goes, he is arguably the largest attraction in sports history.
1: I mean, geez, you know, (laughs) you at least got to look into a guy like that, wouldn't you think? And I mean, mean, (laughs) he had some big drawing matches in Japan as well against Ricky Dozan and tag team matches and things Mm -hmm. of that nature. So I definitely, you know, I just felt like he was someone who was at least taking, you know, worth taking a look at. Even though most of the time in all these huge drawing matches that have all these legendary attendance figures, he's clearly not the biggest star in any of these matches. Because, you know, he's in there with other people who were slam dunk first ballot, don't even need to vote on him Hall of Famers like Ricky Dozan and and Dara Singh and people like that. But I mean, geez, I mean, you know, it takes two to tango. And obviously this guy was regarded as a top opponent for these people if he was constantly in matches with him. So I, I just felt like it was fair to take a look at him.
2: Okay, Absolutely. it was actually Steve Ogilvie that wrote about John De Silva. Now I'm actually not sure if he meant it as positive or negative. John De Silva was a super ni- John De Silva is a super nice guy and was a fantastic wrestler. He owned a promotion in New Zealand, but was not a major drawing card. He was respected by the general public as a wrestler, but that had more to do with wrestling at the Empire Games and then wrestling professionally in England.
1: Certainly not enough to go on <laughs> to
0: swim yeah. either way. It doesn't sound like, a, yeah, doesn't sound like a, a ringing endorsement.
1: You know, and I think with a lot of this category, not just the guy who wrestled in the 40s, uh, but as far as everybody in this category, or at least most of the people in this category, it's going to be research that sinks or swims a lot of them because there's just not mm. a lot known about some of these, uh, some of these people. It, it's, it all depends what kind of legwork people want to do for somebody like a John Wilkins. I mean, you know, that's what it's going to come down to because there's not a ton of people that know anything about them.
2: Now, if I if I if I tried to make the case, would would you join me in trying to convince Dave to move Africa to Europe, to being in the same category as Europe?
1: I wouldn't have a problem with it. Um, there, you know, because clearly that's where the biggest talent exchange came, from. or at least
0: South, or at least call it Europe. Like here's my, here's a, okay. I, I agree. Yeah, I think that's a a,
2: a solid distinction. I mean, if you there. want to just in case to move anybody from Africa, Africa, you know, yeah. to, to, <laughs> right to be in the miscellaneous category, I think that's fine. True,
1: because what if you do add a guy like Power UD at some point? I know it's it's sort of a, 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 a meme. Yeah, you don't want him to be I, I understand Europe it's yet. a meme at this point, but I mean, you know, if you do add those sorts of people or people unearth other people from, you know, the past who, who deserve to be on there from Africa, then you've run into a problem where they're going to be lumped in with Europe. So I think you're right. It would be South Africa and Europe uh, more, more so than Africa and Europe.
2: Right, because I can't, anyone you can think of who it was always got European guys going on the tours there and with mm-hmm. the local stars. And it just, it just feels like it fits.
0: And, and South Africa very much in, in, in a lot of in ways, legitimate you know, ex- culturally, culturally as ways well as wrestling ways. Is, is, is essentially Europe as well. Yeah. <laughs> in, in many, 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 ways. clearly,
1: so. clearly. Uh, but yeah. I, I mean, I also feel strongly that anybody from Puerto Rico belongs in us, Canada. So I really don't understand why that's, A separate distinction.
2: Well, especially because it is part of the United States. It's part
1: (laughs) of the United States, first of all. (laughs) And second of all, for the same reasons you just spoke about South Africa, the talent exchange is clear. I mean, a lot of American wrestlers have been to Puerto Rico over the years, and a lot of Puerto Rican wrestlers have come to the United States over the years. I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer, and I I really don't understand why it's in the miscellaneous – Cologne is in the miscellaneous and not anybody –
2: Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. You done. You're
1: no, done. I was pretty much done with my point.
2: Okay. It's just if you're also going to represent Puerto Rico, he's the guy who goes in. Right. Right. As a separate right. thing, it's, it, but then it goes back to what I was talking about with Australia. If you're going to do Australia, then of course, uh, Mario Milano and Spiros Arianton should be it. If you're well, representing uh, those areas, but Cologne's different because it was his whole career and he owned the promotion and all that.
1: And there's also the argument that if you put Cologne in the US category, he wouldn't come close to getting in <laughs> because you've got a lot of people who are going to vote against him, um, both for legitimate and for, well, I don't want to say illegitimate, but for, you know,
2: related reason. reasons right yeah. <laughs> out of the ring which i don't want to yeah.
1: call illegitimate because hey look they may be perfectly legitimate to some people i can i completely understand it but it, that's probably a good point too he probably has a better shot in the miscellaneous category
2: well so. then, but then also if you're opening a puerto rico invader one's not a bad candidate
1: it's you know you're right <laughs> you know, and there's other people there who probably deserve to at least be looked at.
2: Yeah, Hugo Savinovich, El Prof, um, sure. Lee Gonzalez, guys like that. And I mean,
1: you want to go right down the line, Make, you know, guys like Chicky Star, if you want to really stretch it and just look yes,
2: anyone's forgetting someone.
1: Yeah, you know. So I mean, it, there's, you know, so it, for the future, even because it's not, this isn't going to begin and end with Cologne, you know. I, I know it's not the hottest territory right now, but there's certainly people from Cologne's era who you could arguably put put on there, who people may ask for, and they're going to be lumped in with, you know, Brubinard uh, and Skull Murphy, and it makes absolutely no sense.
2: Well, and it's a, <laughs> now it's a territory, and it still exists. But I mean, well, that's the thing; it's a territory that still exists. It's not exactly doing that well, but
1: yeah. But what if it gets hot? Yes. <laughs> What if they come up with the next big thing down there You know, and, and, and the guy's an enormous star? You're going to have him on a ballot with King Kong Zaja? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. But if, I... if
2: Thunder and Lightning have a career renaissance, <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they end up on the ballot. They will be, they, they will be in the same category as King Rich, Kong Zaja. Rich,
1: what is that sketchy promotion in Puerto Rico that sends us press releases every week?
2: Oh, yeah. Who are those guys? Yeah, let me it's fire not that the one.
1: Um,
0: I delete them. I delete them immediately, <laughs> so I don't know Is this the don't new don't one that,
2: the tri- tri- that did the iPay-per-view and stuff? The new yes, Earth it one. is. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, we, get the, we
0: get an email from them. Uh, wrestlers from Mexico. Dimin- okay, what the hell? It's like the worst thing. Um, what the hell is their name? Uh, World Wrestling League JVD. Yeah. I don't know yeah, the yeah. JVD. I don't know them either, but they have
2: wrestlers from... World Wrestling yeah. League, though. They did that iPay-per-view. They had some TNA guys they put couldn't put on the pay Right. That's yes. Who I'm it. yes. Okay. So we'll
1: get yeah. Press releases weekly, uh, <laughs> as they want us to push their CW show that airs. Including
2: only... three in the same day, where I
0: don't know if he had two of my different email addresses, but I got like three of this. Same... I was like, all right, stop. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Please, for God's uh, sake. What are you gonna do? Uh. Yeah, World Wrestling League. Yeah, it, it, that's yeah. I don't know why they called it. His email is different than what he. Okay. Well. Never mind. Yeah, you got it.
1: We forgot one new addition in the non-wrestler category during our pre-show sort of powwow that we had. Uh, Larry Matisic has been added to the ballot. I think we mentioned if him. I thought
2: we did. Yeah, we'd mention yeah, well, him.
0: What? And that's about all we need to mention I'm, I'm, about it. <laughs> I think we're good. Yes, yeah, so well, I think we well, can wrap well,
2: up now.
1: Well, let, me, let me frame it this way. Number one...
2: <laughs> oh, this is going to be why,
1: fun. Why the hell is he on the ballot? And number two, will he vote for himself?
2: <laughs> to be fair, I'm sure there are other people who have been on the ballot who... He's pretty balance. bad, though.
1: Well, but, He's just the right, obvious let's, one. Let, <laughs> let's start with question okay, one. Okay, well, let's yeah. be fair. What are his credentials, in your opinion?
2: He was the announcer for St. Louis after um, what you call it? Joe Garagiola left for greener pastures. He did the booking to some degree later on. Um, he was WWF's local promoter, sort of, uh, and that's about it. Now, and he he
1: also oh, uh, he also predicted. That CM Punk versus John Cena would not do as well as people thought it would do uh, for Money in the Bank. I have no idea if that has anything to do with the Hall of Fame. I have
2: no memory of this, but okay. But uh,
1: yeah, he was the one supposedly who, uh, the only voice who told Dave that 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 show would not do as well as people. It ended up doing 10% better than the year before, anyway. Uh, but I think he uh, – supposedly uh, he was the one who was warning Dave that the the, the infamous promo was not going to bump business to the degree because people were going nuts around that time, thinking that this was going to be a new boom period. People were going crazy about that promo, and supposedly he was the one who was the voice of reason. But uh, I don't know if that has anything to do with his Hall of Fame credentials.
2: OK, well, here's the thing. Right, He was a very good announcer. The booking – my understanding from talking to some people is that it's a little overstated. Uh, as, as an announcer, Dave has said, and this was, in, this was in some thread where I was talking to him last year, I was like, uh, Larry's a nice guy, and I like talking to him, but, and he was a good announcer, but was he really considered one of the best in the business? Because some he said something, and there's this whole long— uh, Okay, the whole post wasn't about Matizik, so I can read this. In the 70s, long before I ever knew Larry Matizic, Within wrestling, it was always said that Gordon Soly and Larry Matizik were the best wrestling announcers because in no- those days, nobody gave what, anything that happened in Memphis any respect. Dick Lane had retired, and really they had surpassed him by then anyway. I liked Frank Bonama a lot, but he was too low-key and dry to be the best. Worked in his market, but everyone worked in their market because people had nothing to compare anyone to. Miguel Alonso had the rep of being really good, but only did Spanish. Once when Matt Ezek came up to Minneapolis to work, I don't remember the circumstances, but he did a set of tapings. And my friends, because we were in AWA market at the time, were all raving about this new announcer who was so much better than Al anyone but Soli. That was how great the disparity was and how obvious it was at the time. And then, just trying to find the other Matizik-related parts. Before the days of VCRs, I listened to everyone because they traded audio tapes back then because people would put the audio cassette recorder next to the TV. (laughs) Uh, I listened to everyone, and Matizik and Soli were the best, and Soli's peak was really 68 to 77. But they were the only ones, if you listened to an audio tape and couldn't see the match, where you could visualize the entire match and the flow of the match. Everyone else you couldn't get that with.
1: And no, Rich, I was not in the audio tape trading uh, circuit.
2: <laughs> pre, circa that predated you
0: somehow. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. With how old you were at the time, I thought you would have gotten into that. But that's all right. I mean, it's...
1: I uh, I don't I don't have any feel for this. I've obviously never heard the man call a match to my knowledge, or that I have any recollection of. Or I I, I, I don't know. I have no feel for this whatsoever.
2: Yeah, he was good. I mean, I uh, I I certainly don't. From what I've seen, I certainly don't wouldn't put him as at the very best level with Gordon soul at his peak, Lance Russell at his peak. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting someone that would go. I mean, those, those, those are the two best. I mean, how about, how about Dave Brown? Yeah. Dave, well, no, Dave Brown's right up there. And I think I probably he, I only, bring him, I only
1: bring him up because he's on the ballot too.
2: So right. There's... And he was added last year. Um, I don't remember if I voted or not for, for him for not for, I think I did in the end. I think uh, Dave Brown was great. And he just gets overshadowed because he was working with Lance. I mean, that's what it comes down to.
1: And, you know, Matasik is sort of similar to Gorilla Monsoon, where it's kind of a hodgepodge of credentials here. Because with Monsoon, you've got the fact that he was, you know, he had a stake in some territories. He was a wrestler for a long time, obviously. And then later on, of course, uh, you know, he was one of the voices of the company during, you know, the Hulkamania era. So it's kind of similar in that sense where, you know, how do you value what, you know, the different things that these guys bring to the
2: table? Well, he wasn't really the booker for that long and when he started his own promotion it fizzled out although it wasn't his fault uh, but when i, I would le- i would need to know have a better idea when he was exactly he was the booker and how much of that is him and how much saying it and how much is what actually happened i'm not accusing him of lying cuz i'm sure he had an involvement in the booking through the whole period he said he did but i i weren't other people the booker of record during that like pat o'connor
1: You know, that's the thing. Um, the, The booker of record is sort of what matters because, you know, everybody whispers in the booker's ear. You know, and and then, you know, it it all depends on how much of a, you know, you want to pat your, and I'm not uh, suggesting that he's doing this, but then it's a matter of how much those people want to pat themselves on the back or recreate history. And, and, you know, all the great ideas were, you know, everyone takes credit for all the great ideas and everybody has, you know, whispers in the bookers ear. So it's like you say, it really only matters, you know, who, who had the final call, who was the booker of record. That's really all that should be considered in my opinion.
2: Right. And I don't think, and even working in the office we're not counting being general manager. I mean, its I'm sure he was important to the office, and the office would not have run smoothly without him, but it's just not the type of thing you can factor in a Hall of Fame. So if you're looking at the guys whose main candidacies are being announcers of some kind that are on the ballot right now, it's Dave Brown, Howard Finkel, Larry Matizik, Gorilla Monsoon, Gene Okerlund, Jesse Ventura. If you're going straight as an announcer, I don't see how Larry goes in before any of them.
1: Yeah, and you know, I got two things to add here. Number one, uh, you know, he has no prayer getting in because he's probably in the most loaded category aside from Lucha, and you can only vote for five of these guys. And number two, it used
2: to be unlimited. I, I of course, I was so pissed off last year that was my first year with the ballot, and it's like, oh, of course that changes because I always used to look at that and I was like, do people really narrow this? down at all
1: it's such a loaded category It it's, it's, it really is crazy and, and the second thing is if you were looking for a detailed breakdown of larry Matisic, you are going to get a more detailed one than you just got on this show because nobody <laughs> right. is going to break down the larry Matisic candidacy the way we did on the voices wrestling with bix i'm gonna time today. i'm gonna time stamp I mean, that so people can jump right to it if they'd like there's to, absolutely so. no way anyone is going that <laughs> deep on larry mattisik there's no prayer uh but yeah so there you go but uh that covers i think all of the new candidates in each region obviously in the historical region, you're not going to get any new candidates because uh, those are people that have come from other places on the ballot. Um, so that covers all new candidates. Now, just as a general question uh, to you, Bix, of all those new candidates, uh, who has the best shot of getting in?
2: Um, let's see. Well okay for historical in terms of guys who moved over i have to check for a second how well they did because i don't think i don't think peter it's going to help Pedro morales that much but it could help wrestling too let me see well let's, stick, let's stick to guys yeah, who he was, was
0: 29 uh, he was 29 uh, uh wrestling too was uh
2: he was uh 29 there's 101 vote that's 101 votes so if a lot of yeah, them still so. vote for him he could still it's trick again it's the word i keep using tricky and Morales was we
0: mentioned him he was 22% last year but in a different category so he uh, he has an interesting so, yeah, thing and then uh, uh buyers was 20%.
2: So of the actual new additions uh, I think it depends on how people view the new je- View Akiyama and Tawei but I probably will stick with my prediction of Ultimo Guerrero.
1: So you have oh okay I was going to say that you have no faith in the lucha voters again uh, since you're not going with either of those trios, oh, you know what? I was,
2: when I'm thinking new, okay, in terms of new, uh, I hope they go in, but I think I think because of the jump Atlantis got last year, we'll put see. Who in. You,
1: well, let me let me frame it this way: I'm not asking you who you think the best candidate of the new ones are. I'm asking you who you think has the best shot of actually getting elected.
2: Oh uh, no, sure. I think that's Ultimo Guerrero. Okay. What about you, I, Rich? What do you think? Because I think. Oh, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, Bix, go ahead. Because I Finish think a- Akiyama's going to have some people, because like we said earlier, you know, people kind of put Kawada, Kabashi, and Masao on a pedestal relative to Tawei and Akiyama, even though the gap isn't quite as big as they were making it out to be. So it ter- will hurt Tawei to some degree and w- with work, and maybe drawing, and also Akiyama to some degree with work, even though Kawada was not the draw the other two were. But I, th- I could see both going in, but I I think the strongest is Ultimate Guerrero.
0: Yeah, and and based off kind of Bix and of course I, I don't know enough about Lucha to really give a, a strong opinion, but I, I feel from what he sort of sold it that Ultimate Guerrero is a, a decent choice. Otherwise, of, of new guys getting in it's really tough. Like A Punk is is a weird one. I, I feel like he's going to have to wait, especially with the new rule. Had that new rule not been in place, I think last year when they released the, the list of guys, I think you and I might have said that he's, he's a guy that's definitely going to have a chance and, and, and could possibly be in there right away. With this new rule, I don't see a way. I don't see Ultimate Warrior, Junkyard Dog. I don't see... Uh, the Akiyama Tawe, th- those ones are weird just because they got very little support uh, when they were previously on there, so I don't know if they've done enough now to make those people... Uh, <laughs> Tenkoji, I don't think there's a chance there. Minoru Suzuki, I don't think there's a chance there either yeah i mean as far as i know i mean judging by the categories that i really follow and the ones that i would vote on there's nobody that i think is new to the ballot that would get in but um based off sort of bix's sell job i i I could see ultimo Guerrero for sure but yeah i i just don't know enough about that category to say that i would vote him in you know but
1: i tell you, looking at last year's precedent with that Atlantis thing, it, it really makes you think that if that sure, show yeah. does well, that that's what's going to happen
0: with the way Atlantis jump, so. jumped.
1: It's going to be fresh in everybody's mind. But I'll tell you, just to be different so I don't give the same answer that you guys gave, <laughs> just to mix it up a little bit, I think both of those lucha trios are going to get in. I think that people view them as such no-brainers that they're going to be impossible to ignore on the ballot for the people who vote Mexico. And I think uh, that those will be the first two names that they get checked off on the list. So I think you'll see both of those get in. Um but yeah.
0: Let's get King Kong in there. Let's start the official campaign to get King Kong in. Hey,
1: you know, I would like to I'm in. Let's I, do listen, him. I would like to see him stay I, <laughs> I, I think he'll drop off the ballot immediately. I don't even yeah, think, I think he'll, he'll, he'll get ten percent. I'd like to see him uh, get the ten percent just until the research can come out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not equipped to do that type of research. I, you know, but hopefully somebody is, and that, that was really my only hope in, in, in kind of uh, getting him onto the ballot because it, it, it's, the legendary stories were just a little too hard to ignore for me. So but, but in all honesty, I think he's the most likely of the new candidates to drop off. Uh, along with Larry Madison, I think he'll drop off as well because that, that category is obviously loaded as well.
2: So, All right, uh, Bix. Any more thoughts before we get out of here? Um, I think that it's probably about it. I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little sad that who did I send? to I'm trying to remember who I requested Dave add last year because I think I, put, <laughs> no, I think I put, I think I did put Junkyard Dog, or if I didn't, it was because I already knew that he was going to be added. Uh, but I think I'm trying to remember. I know I put because because with Apter and Stanley Weston being on there, I think I put in Valente Perez who was the editor of Lucha Libre, which was the biggest of the Lucha Libre magazines for a long time. And I feel like I put in someone else who was not a not a reporter. But yeah, I, I'm really not sure how I'm going to vote yet. I I think no matter what, I'm going to keep Rock and Rolls and cars. And why am I feeling like there's a third one I voted for last year? Was that the only one I voted for last year? And then adding Murdoch, though, I think... I mean, I think that's what I'm going to do because, you know, Murdoch was like, you know, if if I voted, yeah, I voted for ten last year. I think he was my eleventh, but I don't like being forced to do it. Mm-hmm. Because with Murdoch, I guess I always kind of had the feeling like, oh, well, I can always vote. For, you know, he's always he's going to be there. <laughs> so, and that's that's
0: exactly the same thing that happens in, in, in the baseball hall of fame. That's why I think it's while I don't really. Totally agree with the rule. I think it's an f- interesting rule that, that Dave's kind of putting in there because it does add a whole oh, yeah. different dynamic to the voting period because we get that with baseball, too, where people just say, I'll vote Tim Rains in next year. I'll vote him in next year. I'll vote him in next year. And then it comes down to, OK, look, this is his last year. And then everybody goes, oh, crap, you've got to put, you know, blank, blank in. You have, Burt Ballard has to be all of it. But people just sort of did the same thing like you did, saying, ah, you know what, not right now, but uh, eventually down the road. And then you get to this this wall and it's like, oh, crap, now we need to, you know now I need to actually do it. So it's 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 going to add a lot of debate and a lot of arguments. But I think it's an, I, I, I like it as an addition. I do get why. Really
2: even if even though I don't really like it, I get it. Yeah. Now, you re-
1: I, it, what happens is you reach the end of that road, but you, you didn't know 15 years earlier what the road was going to look like at that time. So sure. you keep putting it off. And then you can't see, I don't mind it. I do think the ballot was getting cluttered and I think something had to be done. Mm-hmm. I think this was a nice sort of uh, happy medium. Because, you know, like I said, you know, it puts you on the chopping block, but you can still hang around if you're close.
2: So it's a little is 50 too much for you. Would you do maybe a 40 percent? I would have done 50 or 45. I mean, excuse me, 45 Mm -hmm. or 40.
0: Okay, yeah, I I think 40 would have probably been a little bit better, but I'm okay with it.
2: I sort of get why he did 50, though, because it's still the majority. Like the whole thing where he decided to give Benoit an asterisk because it was over 50, but it wasn't the 60 he needed to kick him out.
1: You want, That's it to probably, be, you want it yeah. to be a reasonably high number. I mean you, you don't want to make it too easy because then you're not really solving your problem. I mean because then at that point, you're really only eliminating people that are between 10 and 30 percent. What's the point? You're eliminating like five people a year. Uh, so you need to make it a somewhat reasonably high number just so you are you are purging the roster, the, uh, the list of candidates, which is the goal here. Because it, the only reason this is being done is because the ballot was cluttered.
2: Good. So now I guess – uh, Go ahead. The question I have for you guys before we finish up, and of course we went long being that this is both a Voices of Wrestling podcast and a podcast <laughs> I am on, so. Uh,
0: <laughs> we thought we could do an hour. What, what idiots we were thinking that we could wrap this thing up in an well, hour. because we thought but,
2: yeah. we were going to keep it so basic and not really delve into it. Oh, right, yeah, of course.
0: And then we spent 40 minutes breaking down Larry
2: Madison, okay. so yeah. That's... Do you do you think this could push Mula in? I mean, she was at st- – 32% last year... Actually, you mm-hmm. know what? She was identical to the year before in terms of percentage. Yeah,
0: she she's always stays the same, yeah. And I think the year before, she was around 32 as well. Okay, so...
2: I, I mean, there's more... I mean, the thing is, there's more voters, so if she... Th- he had a lot of voters last year, though, so... that could Those could be people who maybe would be inclined now that she's getting kicked out. You just don't know. And I am worried that she's going to go in. Because she's really... I, this is the part I didn't delve into earlier. She's not a good candidate. She... She is there because she's old, and she was considered a legend by WWE. I and mean, that's she was you know she was this old person who had a tie, she had a belt that she owned that she kept being the champion of for thirty years, and then she was on WWE TV, and she that's it. She never drew money. She made she made it that wrest, women's wrestling in the U.S. became less of a drawing attraction. She made it that it became less of a serious in ring product that could draw all this it is is, like, is that she was an influent. she was an influential backstage figure but that was just cuz she owned the
1: po- yeah but possibly and
2: but because or she, or negative, yeah it wasn't po- yeah,
1: it might not have yeah been, she, you could argue it wasn't even positive influence oh, it really, absolutely negative was, influence she was running, oh yeah no
0: she was, outwardly outwardly negative right, influence, she was running yeah. a little cartel
1: so i mean you know <laughs> it's supposed to be positive influence and i think what you're trying to say in a nutshell is uh, she just happened to be on WWE TV during the Hulk Hogan and during Steve Austin eras. And because <laughs> she was on TV during both of those immensely popular eras, it's not that she was just on TV during those two eras. But we were constantly told how much of a legend she was during those mm-hmm. two eras, which were the two most popular eras you know, in the history of the company, in the most popular company in the world. So there was a lot of things that lined up for her there which make her seem like a bigger star than she really is. And Bix, I don't think you have anything to worry about about because there's just far too much ground to make up. She's got to make up nearly 30% of the vote. Yeah, I, I would. In the you know region – it, see, it's the region with the most voters too, so it she needs the, uh, an incredibly oh, yeah. high volume number of voters to change their mind, and I just don't see that happening.
2: The thing that worries me is Jim Cornette votes for her, and I would think he would know better, and I – <laughs> he got really angry at me about this. On you you would? Really? I would think for this, for just basic wrestling <laughs> history stuff, I would think it. Yeah, no, I got it. Yeah. Yes. Because he, he's, he's a guy who's tried to do research like on like the, what was it? Oh, who was it? Mildred Burke versus Elvira Snodgrass, the match that had the legend of being like the biggest gate or not maybe not biggest gate, biggest crowd in the history of Louisville. And then it turned out maybe it never really happened. So it's like he knows this stuff. And what is his i don 't get why he knows she didn 't draw he knows certainly knows she was not a good worker what, what, what why what, I mean, Steve I mean, is certainly just, a better yeah. candidate it 's kind of scary
0: that they 're so close I think Joe 's right on the money of you, you sort of she 's old and when you watch i mean i initially when I watched not knowing the research as a kid you' kind of growing up you know i 'm twenty seven right now. You know, watching WWE television and the way she would come out and they would say the legendary, you know, the, the women's champion for 30 years or whatever the hell they used to say, and I was like, whoa, that's awesome. And you're like, whoa, and then then you research and what she really does, and it's it's. I think so many people have heard this sort of narrative that WWE's put forth with her, and that that a lot of people still sort of just spout out without really doing the research and looking at well, the reason she was champion for 45 years because she, you know she owned the belt and did the booking and did the, you know it's it's just it, it's very very and yeah it was, I, I, I think
1: rich it was during hulkamania and the attitude era which i agree yeah and that's what
0: i mean I, I growing up for me you know i'm i'm 12 or 13 when when during the attitude era and Moolah comes out and they talk about all this stuff and i think i'm you know in my brain she's wow this is a legendary you know women's wrestler or whatever then you look back and, and it's nothing and if you read WWE books and stuff too they do the same thing they portray her as this just gigantic women's wrestling star and it was like well no i mean not at all in in no way whatsoever so no i think it is a lot of just the narrative and people just sort of as we mentioned there's a lot of uninformed voters that go wow yeah i've heard of famous mula <laughs> check you know and that's it. And so – but I, I can't see her getting any There's not enough
1: near. of those. I don't see it.
0: Even, yeah, I, I, it it's,
1: yeah, It seems as though he's added a bunch of new voters again because, you know, Brian Rose got a vote. Puro Yotsume uh, got – we know of people who have, who were added this year. Uh, so a bunch of new people got ballots. Not putting salt in the wound, Rich. I'm just you know stating a, okay. stating of facts right. here. I uh, right. So I see what Bix is saying. <laughs> a lot of those newer voters, you know, may be swept up in all of that stuff that we've been sort of talking about. But I don't know. I don't think we're giving enough people credit. I think I think people are smarter than we think. Otherwise, she would have been in. She would have gotten a lot closer to getting in by now. She's got a long way to go. I mean, she's thirty percent off. I just yeah. don't see it happening.
2: Yeah, I mean the one. And then the old, uh, God, you guys are going to do like three hours of audio about uh, after this, and you guys are going to have laryngitis for the next week. But We're used to it. Honestly, I feel I'm, I feel bad, Jim, like I know this was an addition last year. I feel bad that Jimmy Hart was not put in the first class because I feel like, I've, it, you you think about it, and it was just the fact is, no one remembered that he was not in until last year. That's right. why he went on the ballot. Right. And I know that, the, you know, this This was supposed to be out the new stuff, but I'm just looking at this as we were finishing up, and I'm like, if he's that's why he was not in but <laughs>
1: i don't understand it i voted for him uh you can't blame me and i'm gonna vote for him again uh you know it's 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 you know for memphis alone uh, you know for, for everything else is just you know whatever else you think of the rest of his career to me is just extra i mean i believe yeah, it belongs for sure, in yeah, uh, for memphis alone so i i i really don't understand it either um and i think he has a pretty good shot honestly
2: yeah, what was he last year? Do we? Uh, he only... was. He did not do that back great. He did solid. He did thirty
0: four. Uh, thirty four. He was thirty four percent. I didn't so. do as well as I thought. I thought he was in the. <laughs> yeah, I thought he did better than too. Yeah, I thought
2: he was
1: in the high forties, <laughs> but I guess I was wrong.
0: I don't. Continuing the uh, Jimmy Hart should have gotten more, huh? <laughs> like everybody it's... just kind of.
1: I don't get it. Agrees
0: uh, that he should get more, but nobody seems to want people to. People just so. remember,
1: you know, him running behind Hogan fighting the dungeon of doom. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it must be it. You know, it's like, it's like the Ken Patera thing, the people who push for Patera. It's like a lot, you know, the fear is a lot of people are only considering the post prison portion of his career because that's what they remember um so i don't know maybe it's the same thing with jimmy hart maybe just you know people have wcw and the end of you know the the end of the wwf era with the nasty boys and things like that and they just maybe they don't know much about you know memphis and what he meant to that territory so i don't know i'm gonna keep voting for him though if his name is on there i'm gonna vote
2: for him Uh well i'm sure you guys are gonna have me back on and i don't want you two to die tonight (laughs) (laughs)
0: it's it's going to be a very busy month so uh bix so we thank you again of course uh you want to get your plugs out of the way here real quick yes of
2: course you can follow me on twitter at david bix um right now i guess my sort of main gig is u.s editor of whatculture.com mix of wwe slash pro wrestling whatever you want to call it it's it's a website that covers more than just wwe so at the top it says wwe because well why wouldn't we do that (laughs) um so, what culture is the main gig, but also some non-wrestling stuff going on there now, as well as, of course, I guess I'm the lead writer of Figure Four Weekly at WrestlingObserver.com. Subscribe. I don't think there's a comment box. If there is, if you're not a subscriber and there is a comment box, say something nice when you're about me when you're subscribing. That'll 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 be good. And <laughs> uh, and of course, monthly contributor Fighting Spirit Magazine. The latest issue. I have a very. A, Fairly lengthy profile about Vince Russo, which I don't know if either of you have read yet. But I have not so, yet. It's
0: on the to-do list. Feel
2: yeah. free to shower with praise. Uh, but otherwise, <laughs> uh, got some stuff I'm trying to work on, but nothing that's going as of right now. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's about it for the plugs. Follow me on Twitter. Get me my follower account higher. It's been going up. It's been creeping up a little bit. It's not not enough. It's the whole. thing. <laughs> Bleacher Bleacher Report, as much as I, I like working there, Bleacher Board's not the best was not the best place for gaining Twitter followers.
0: No, no, not at all. But no, we we appreciate you coming on here and jumping on. And yeah, we will definitely be tapping into you a little bit later uh, as we continue our coverage of the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Vicks, thanks for joining us.
2: My pleasure. You can be the you be the
1: you can
0: Farmer's Insurance knows that when you're in the car and that song comes on No, not that one Ah, yes, that's the one you have no choice but to pull out your imaginary drumsticks and smash those cymbals and stomp on that kick pedal, which unfortunately is also known as the accelerator pedal. And we covered it. At Farmers, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Click for more. We
2: are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck, Fire Insurance, Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in
1: every state.